Hello, everyone. It is September. The th- it's the 23rd We're not day going of back. the month. I'm fine. <laughs> we'll do it live. September 23rd, 2020. It's a day that's all that matters. It's a Wednesday. It's weekly manga recap day. And yes. Uh, you know, that's Chris. why Wednesday actually starts with a W. Uh, if you go back yes. in the history books, it mm-hmm. is, starts with a W because it was there to basically precurse weekly manga recap. Uh, I know back in Greek mythology, the day, the, no, the days of the week were, uh, named after their various gods and Wednesday was named after Wendorius, who is of course the weekly God of recapping cartoons. I am, uh, Chris, I'm Danish. You're, you're insulting my heritage by doing (laughs) this. It's funny. I'm, I'm Danish too, Nick, uh, probably. And I mean, like all he said is like factual. Thank so you. There you go. Thank you. I'm glad somebody here <laughs> understands. Chris, there's someone with us today. You see, Hi. we have <laughs> someone had very smart. Sab- We've had a saboteur in our midst lately who has been uh, randomly attacking people and uh, trying to sabotage the show by, uh, you know, breaking equipment, disrupting the broadcast, all of sorts course. of things. Yes. And so we decided that the best way to deal with that was to sign them and have them do the same thing, but we would pay them. And uh, that's yeah. as part of that agreement. Teching 101 is here. Hi, with us today. greetings, everyone. How now, are you doing tonight? Yeah, <laughs> doing good. Now, does Teching understand that's a wrestling reference, Nick? Uh, no, because there. I don't watch wrestling. There you go. At all. Well, uh, well that's OK. Uh, I don't really <laughs> anymore either. But I, I just assumed that last time you did an episode, maybe all your equipment broke and you're just, you know, pinning that on me either way. I no. mean, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it. To sure. Provide the context. <laughs> there's been a new group at WWE called Retribution who for months basically would just blow up power converters and mm-hmm. like wreck the stage. And then wow. I guess they hired them as active wrestlers. Like, this is all storyline stuff. But right, then eventually course, they yes. were like, well, I guess we'll just hire them. And now they're wrestlers and we'll pay them. Well, and they specifically I, said that they are under contract. And now they can do literally everything that they have been doing, except that they are also contracted performers. I mean, so, it, so, it, so even signing them hasn't actually done anything. I know wrestling's been around for a while. You got to figure out some way to like spice it up, to, like pump the gas a bit. So, uh, you know, that, 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 that sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> from now, from this point onward, uh, we're not going to be called Nick and Chris. Uh, we will be called, uh, fuel gauge and, uh, and, and rebar. And, okay. Uh, te- I want. Uh, te- can I be rebar? Te- te- can be T-bar. I be T-bar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be T-bar because we because that's the best name. Like so you, you gotta he, have someone in the group named T-bar. <laughs> so Chris uses a, a rebar to hit people, and you use mm-hmm. a fuel gauge to hit people with. Okay. I mean, I, don't I guess no. <laughs> that would actually make it a lot more interesting than the current group's dynamics are. Right now, they just have dumb names and punch people and wear okay. bane masks. I mean, the best name in the group so far is Mace. So that's does the he level use that we'll Mace as no? He just is called Mace or a Mace. You know, the, like the pepper spray or an actual flail. Like, does actually, he actually actually teching? You should probably follow Mace on Twitter because <laughs> I'm serious. Great Black Gotaku is a really good follow on Twitter. He's... Okay, I'll check that out. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm discovering a whole different world that I've never exposed myself to before, but here we are. But, well, you shouldn't expose yourself to it. That can get you six to nine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here all week. <laughs> now, 
of course, we could carry on with our wrestling tangent, our regularly scheduled uh, 90 minute wrestling tangent. But uh, we did bring in Teching for a special occasion, yep. which originally was going to be we're going to talk about the entirety of Burn the Witch now that it's all over and we've had a t- bit of time to digest it. And then they went and said there's going to be a season two. So I guess we're just talking about season one. We're just you. talking about season so. one here. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Nick, did you know Bleach was coming back? I haven't talked to you in a while on here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I I do know that. And when I tweeted about it, people came out to say, oh, you're still angry about this. Cool. So anyway. Um, All right. But uh, yeah, um, that was not part of the announcement that they made when they declared that Burn the Witch was coming back to the magazine was that they would have seasonal releases. But have to say, if there is a single manga creator in the entire history of Shonen Jump, who would benefit from having a seasonal format, writing a few chapters at a time, writing them to completion, and then stopping for a few months to actually settle on which of the trillion ideas he has floating in his head at any one time, which ones he actually wants to use and develop, it would be Taikubo. Tagashi. Oh, okay. Well, well no. <laughs> that could also I'm work, sh- too. <laughs> well, Tagashi probably would just prefer to just be healthy. But anyway. Yeah, that's, that's too. But anyway, yeah. Um, I get I get it, really. And um, part of me thought, like reading these four chapters, like when was he exactly told? Is he was he told beforehand, like, hey, if these two if these chapters do really well, these four chapters will give you a season two. Or if it was like, you know, because like some of the characters he introduces, it's like the, the like the top of the horns characters. It's like, oh, those mm-hmm. are pretty cool. Those are like the captains. Um, it, it'd be weird if this was only like a four chapter thing and then that was just over. You know what I mean? Especially so, when curious. one member of the horns is introduced, but we never meet them. Yeah. Like yeah, whatever so, the leader uh, of the corpse or whatever. Yeah. You're like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. patchworks. And I yeah. was like, that's going to be the like Mayori Kuratsuchi of this shit. Probably. <laughs> probably. Now. So. I, Forgive me if I'm very dumb here because I didn't really yeah. follow most of the Burn the Witch stuff when it first started. Like was as- was Burn the Witch intended to be a manga? Like I know there was the one shot. Yeah. And then there's the movie. Did they know they were like we're going to do a movie and then they're like hey Kubo do you want to draw a manga I- to accompany it? I think they came along at the same time cuz I think the one shot was its own thing like 2 years ago and then because the movie, if you saw the trailer for the movie, which you probably haven't because you don't really follow it that much, but the scenes from the trailer look, are, they're like shot for shot from the manga. So it's definitely a tie in here. What's going on? Because I would assume if the movie was like, because there's a lot of work that has to be gone, like has to go into making a movie. Yeah. Presumably more than just drawing, not that drawing the chapters isn't a very strenuous thing too, but a movie, I presume, has like a year plus production time oh, to yeah. it. So if they're going to make a movie, I would presume there has to be some idea that they think it's some kind of success. I mean, they haven't announced a Burn the Witch season two movie yet, but I would presume there has to be some manner of investment or faith from somebody. They might have just been going on the fact it's Kubo and Bleach has a really big fan base, especially here in the States. They might have been just going off that. I don't know how yeah. they decided it. I'm not well, super knowledgeable the, on like Japan's general box office when it comes to its anime movies either. I don't know if those are more of like kind of like like a Western back in like the 40s where they're like, look, it'll make money. Yeah. Just make it. I don't know. Yeah, how that works. Yeah, I know Spirited Away is their number one like box office. But beyond that. <laughs> well, the one shot came out two and a half years ago at this point now. Yeah. So I'm sure that. 
after they got the reception for that, that was when they decided to make the OVA. Um, because, you know, just some projects, they get those adaptations. They, you know, just need to see that first sample and then bam, yeah, we got something for this. There's interest in this. We can make something out of this. You know, it just depends on studio interest and, uh, whether they think that an idea is worth, uh, sinking into. But yeah, in terms of when they decided, okay, there's going to be an OVA or this many OVAs, or we're going to do this manga format release. I'm sure that that's something that we may never know for sure. Um, but I get the impression at least that probably before these four chapters came out, they knew that there was going to be more. Uh, I, because I mean, that announcement came at the, in, with the fourth chapter coming out. So that would have probably already been in the bank by the time oh, yeah. this yeah. chapter went out to magazines. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I really liked the uh, the four chapters. I really did. Uh, like, the main character. I was going to say, like, like, so, yeah. Teching, how much were you faking the enthusiasm in those videos you made about No, 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 I seriously, <laughs> I did really like it. I mean, it's the same with any new series. I mean, it's just like, um, you know, you have to see to get into it to really how much you're going to really enjoy um, I even remember reading Bleach at the very beginning and just being like, well, I saw the anime first, but I was just kind of like, eh, you know, how's it going to go? Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I'm not a really a huge fan of Balgo as a character. He's just kind of in the background there. And I'm just like, ah, all right. He's just there doing stuff. But uh, as for like Noel and Nina go, uh, yeah, I, I like them. Yeah. OK, so you're you're OK with, you know, following Nina and Noel on their adventures oh, yeah, as these definitely. dragons show up. And yeah. And and the dragon figuring out concept, what fairy tales yeah. associate with each of the dragons and their yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think after like after the the pilot chapter, the one shot, I was like, because the big the big like uh, climax for that chapter was it's the Soul Society West Branch. So I'm like, I don't okay, is Kubo gonna set this up as like I guess it's taking in the same universe as Bleach. So how's this gonna go? Is he gonna tie stuff into Bleach or is it gonna be its own thing? Um, it really does seem like from the four chapters we got now, it's definitely going to be like more of its own thing. Like they might make references to like uh, the Soul Society and like Japan and stuff like, you know, the East Branch, I guess. But for the most part, it's going to be its own thing. I like the whole concept of like reverse London being like, re you know, it's like basically a mirror image. So like everything there could be like a deli in front London. It's the same deli in reverse London. So it's not the same thing as like the Soul Society, you know? Yeah. How do you feel about the newspapers? I like okay. I liked shit like that. I like that kind. <laughs> of stuff. All right. I like the kind of like oh, this is because just to be straight up with you, that's similar to like ideas I would come up with with like my own like fan fictiony stories I would write in like elementary school or middle school, like magic items that you like like you identify and it changes and stuff. I I used to come up with stuff like that, so that has a soft spot for me. I just don't know. So do the newspapers come out in front London, and the same newspapers? Do they also come out in reverse London? Yes. I, but you have to push a thing on the newspaper for the reverse London version of the newspaper. It, so if you print the story, how does it get to the front London newspaper? Ah, I, I guess so. it's, it's literally, I think, set up like everything is like everything that happens in front London also happens in reverse London. So when you print there's I love how there was even one line in a chapter was like there's a reverse BBC. 
I'm like, so I'm like, okay, that's kind of, but anyway, yeah. So they print the papers in front London and the same front London papers are there. So if the people in reverse one in London want to read about front London, they can, but then they could do the magic scan and then read about reverse London while they're also living in reverse London. If there's a reverse BBC, is there like a reverse Piers Morgan who doesn't suck? Uh, maybe. That's the wonder of the world building that Kubo is crafting. That is true. Anything could happen from here, you know? Anybody could show up. Um, Srape, Srape Nagram. That that sounds like a bleach name. That sounds like a Kubo name. (laughs) That sounds like a teacher from Harry Potter or something. Um, you, know, so you say you say Harry Potter. I guess that yeah, if you have this newspaper thing, like the more the more worlds we have that are kind of Harry Potter esque, the less oh, yeah. that we need, the less that we need OG Harry Potter. So I guess that I, that I guess for that very reason, yeah, keep on printing out Burn the Witch. Yeah, good. I, I've good. also good yeah, I've 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 picked up a lot of the references to like Harry Potter. That's because it's literally takes place in England. So of course you know you're going to do that. Um, reverse, reverse, London. reverse, reverse London. It's you know, totally I, different. I'm while still also the same, to, while different. I'm still trying to figure out how the population of Reverse London works because it's not like, <laughs> there are they souls? Like, are they dead people? Like they're... in the society, or are they just regular people that just live there? And it's like, oh, dragons are a thing. Okay. What if it look? What if it works like the movie Us? So there's the crew population underground. Okay. That is puppeted yeah. by the people on the. I mean, I get I I like the idea of all the different kinds of dragons like like so, for example, in our world, we have like cell phone towers in reverse London. They have dragons that work as like radio wave amplifiers and they have dragons that work as like magic buses that like fairy people around. Like, I, I like that aspect of the world building. It's just like there's still so many questions I have about how this works. Do you think the dragon like the the world of reverse london where dragons essentially cover our transportation as well as like our general house like do you think the technology of using dragons as buses helped us develop buses or like is it the yes. inverse because that was something they brought up in like the first chapter was like well they didn't bring up that specifically but they brought up like you know, a really, really long time ago, it was the same London, and they had to split them because dragons. That's why dragons are on, like, the English flag. Personally, I feel like Kubo was just looking at the English flags, and he's like, dragons were real. That's where I'm just guessing the whole idea came from. Because but I, not, I, in the, not in the context of, like, it'd make a cool story if it is a... Yeah. No, dragons are real. Because <laughs> I want to know... I want to know if when they they had the dragon who functions as a bus and then they tell them like, hey, man, we actually made a vehicle in the other London where it's basically you, but it it has a driver and it it doesn't require you to kind of exist in this world where your sole function is just to transport people around. He's like, cool. Are you are you going to bring it here? And they're like, no. (laughs) So. Pack up, buddy, because you got another four or five to get out of here. Yeah, they're called uh, they're called rep liners. Get it? <laughs> rep rep liners. Yeah, but no, the biology of these things are literally buses. So they are born to be buses. It's like they are born with seats and headlights, and it's like, all right, well, this is literally what you were born to do. So you, you do make our lives easier. So get on it. <laughs> Yeah, if the dragon's like, I want to be a dentist, it's like, too bad, you were born as a bus. 
That's going to be the next uh, the next story arc of uh, Burn the Witch is uh, it's going to be a musical about uh, a bus dragon who wants more from his life. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, especially when you consider in a lot of fiction, dragons are like really, really intelligent creatures like here. Here they're treated as more of like, well, there's some that are intelligent and there's some that are just like whimsical and just like there's those ones that are called uh, planty potties, which are just ceramic plant pots that have like you know they're basically just there's like pokemon in your house that just bounce around and you water them and that's it i was rereading uh the this uh this season i guess uh, yeah. a little bit before the, the the call started and uh it occurred to me that uh in that scene where we're introduced to all the different you know uh household dragons or I guess more like the integrated dragons, the dragons yeah, that are yeah. used as society, like dinosaurs and the Flintstones, basically. Pretty much. Um, that that is actually a big part of um, the characterization we get in this series for Noel. Uh, be, and I, I have to say this about our, our our two our three leads. I guess we I'll say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, annoying. Uh, Nini is a fucking poser, and she's not cool. But but she's the I lead did, singer of a band. She's a fucking poser. So <laughs> God, she 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 goes she walks through life with a speech prepped for why fairy tales suck, and then with the first opportunity to pull it out, she does. I mean, uh, don't you have that, Nick? Don't no. you have don't you have the speech prepped in case like not it has to not have to be about fairy tales well, i was like, a teenager sure and there you go well she's what she's like 18 so there you go so uh, noelle i know is yeah she's still a school student and i i also don't know how it works with like those two like living lives in front london and reverse li- i don't know how that works entirely but either. yeah anyway go yeah, ahead they have their own apartments in both yeah places. yeah but she's a school student in front london and works for wingbine in reverse line i don't know how this works but uh noelle i felt actually because i remember when um the one shot came out there were there was actually a really positive reception not just for the series but specifically towards noel and when you look at her on the surface she kind of seems like that quiet character that's introduced for alongside a more flamboyant character in a lot yeah. of Koopa series you know like urahara will be introduced and there will be tessai there with him or you know shunsui will be introduced and there's nanao there with him yeah no noel is that kind of quiet understated character who's very blunt and you know doesn't get worked up about a lot of stuff uh but as you see her in this story um i mean when a lot of people were like oh there's all this potential for her character stuff i was like i mean okay i mean she's there but reading through these four chapters you get a much better feel for who she is as a person which is that She's got she's very relatable and that when she's at work, she's like, I'm going to do my job and I'm not going to do any more than is required of me. And then I'm going to go home. <laughs> yep, there you go. There you but, go. And I, Noel is probably my favorite character for those reasons. Um, when I first uh, with the dragons at her house, that's where she actually opens up. Yeah. And you see at the end that she does actually care a bit for Balgo. That was uh, adorable. That last scene of the chapter. Die. Yeah, that was so. adorable. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that makes her, you know, it's it's all very, you know, show uh, don't tell kind of storytelling where you just kind of see how she acts in different contexts. And that makes her more relatable and likable. 
but I still maintain Nini sucks, uh, and, my, and mine's probably not going to change when we get more of her. So who knows? You know, like I, I remember there's a few characters in series I didn't like, and then you know you spend a few arcs with them, we get some character development. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. Although we're 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 uh, overlooking the best character in the series, um, who has joined oh, Chris uh, right now. Um, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Uh, the, he the can come back guy. at any moment. Yeah, Dead. yeah. it's <laughs> it's the Soul Society, Nick. Anyone come back? Yep, everybody can come back. Is anytime. it the Soul Society? I don't know if it is because they <laughs> made no mention of it. This entire four chapter Society run. West Branch. There you go. It's done. Sometimes I feel like Kubo only included that to kind of tie it back to Bleach because that's his most popular series. But it's like I think this could be a thing on its own. I don't think this has to be related to Bleach, honestly. Um, they use the keto and stuff, but beyond that, like, you know, I mean, it seems like it's kind of a, just, it uses a reflavoring of a lot of elements yeah. of bleach, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be in the same universe or tell the same story. Um, and I do think that it's, I think that Kubo is kind of probably recycling just a few things um, and is just going to, you know, tell probably smaller scale stories because he doesn't have 600 chapters to go on and on forever about, you know, the uh, 20th uh, most important problem in an organization anymore. Yeah, I don't so. think it's going to make it. I don't think this is going to make it like a 600 chapter series. I don't think Kubo wants to do that again, um, you know, because he had health problems near the end of it. But it's mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I can see this as a good maybe 100 chapters or so, like, oh, maybe 100, 200 chapter series. I don't know how long or they like the, uh, the seasonal aspect. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, I think there, there's definitely more opportunities for story here beyond just four episodes in an OVA. You know, you, you could do some stuff with this. Yeah, plus you, you never know when the next season's going to come about, too. You yeah, know, next season true. could be two months from now, could be a year from now. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. I will say that, like, I'm even I am actually kind of optimistic about this. Maybe not optimistic is the right word, uh, but I do feel good about, you know, like, OK, you know, every few months, at least there is going to be I know another little snippet of this story that Kubo wants to tell. And yeah. there is no other storyteller quite like him. Uh, yeah. We. We mentioned this at the beginning that, you know, he's just he's just weird. He, <laughs> he, is. he, he just is. He is. And but I, I sometimes that's writing. good. And sometimes that's bad. And so. just reading like just seeing his art again in Shonen Jump is really great. I'm just like, man, I'm just I'm just glad he's doing something else, you know, because it was kind of like a long period of there where we didn't get really anything from him other than the one shot. And I'm like, you know what? I think this story could work. He can keep it up, even if he just wants to be like, like you said, like, eh, I thought of another little little mini arc and he draws like maybe eight chapters and sends them in like eight weeks of that and he's like all right we'll go away if i ever get any other ideas i'll come up with that later and like, okay here you go you know i think it could work yeah as opposed to the promise neverland team that was out oh. out for about two oh. months and they're yeah. like hey check out our new one shots yeah take a break yeah. uh the ending of promise that was i mean it was it was, it was okay i guess <laughs> It was hot it garbage. Was, you don't have to it, mince words here. You can was, you, you speak the ending. true, true, my friend. It was an ending, Chris. Yeah, there you go. That's what <laughs> that's what we in the business say when we have no nice words to say. <laughs> I just say mean things. So that's why. Okay, that's why I'm not in the industry. And I, I was gonna say, and that's why Mr. Jump doesn't return our calls. I wasn't a fan of how the Promise Neverland ended. 
It was was very (laughs) bad. Now, before I guess we move into anything else, I want to ask, since uh, we have two very big Bleach fans here, uh, Tekking, have you read Jujutsu Kaisen at all? No. No, that's that's one of the ones I get recommended for a lot, though. Because I was going to say, I it, to me, it feels a lot like Bleach, but that's also coming from somebody who wasn't a huge fan of Bleach, but I find a lot of, like, narrative connections to it. So I'm always curious to see if somebody who actually liked Bleach would be able to read it and be like, no, I actually do get that comparison. I mean, right. it has to be better than Nick thinking Chainsaw Man was Bleach, but... He, I'm not he agrees sure. with me on that. So it's I think you need to read Jujutsu Kaisen first and then you can, then I, you can will, I will check out Jujutsu Kaisen this, and Kaisen and see where that this goes. Is, this is becoming um, a tradition for your guest spots on this show. Like, do you think this series is like Bleach? <laughs> oh, that that happens a lot. I remember remember Red Sprite that came out right after Bleach. Yeah, like that's going to be the new Bleach. And then Black Torch came out like that's the new Bleach. And I'm like. You really shouldn't set up your next favorite series based off of like it's going to be exactly like or similar like to the series you liked. Like when One Piece finally ends in like 30 years. Um, actually, it's supposed to be like five, according to you know, Oda. Um, but yeah, when, yeah. when One Piece okay, ends, okay, I'm not gonna... okay, okay, Mr. Oda. Well, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll believe, yeah. You, when, I'll believe he, you when you actually end it. You know, he's been saying five years for a while now. I'm, but I, you know, what I'm... <laughs> I might have just picked up on a theory here. Yeah, go for it. What if Burn the Witch is real, and we live in a world that has a regular world and a reverse world, and Oda is the reverse George R. R. Martin, where Martin (laughs) will never put out a series. That thing will never continue, but Oda's will never end, and that's like this weird, bizarro, parallel relationship they will constantly exist in. duality that balances the scales. Someone's going to... To go through like some sort of uh, a cryptogram thing and it's going to somehow turn a George R. R. Martin into H. Dro Oda, even though there are multiple <laughs> letters that don't appear in either. So there, there's like an equal and opposite reaction to everything, you know? So in mm-hmm. our world in 2020, we get COVID. In the reverse world, they get dragons. Oh, so, man, I'd yeah. way rather dragons. Yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is, you know, wear a flame-proof uh, medallion when you go yeah, outside. It's like, no, the man's trying to keep me down. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, don't wear the flame-proof medallions. They're just trying to control you. This flame-proof medallion's uncomfortable around my neck. I won't wear it. You're like, no, you fool. You'll get us all killed. <laughs> I have a request for you um, yeah, before yes. we move on uh, from talking about Burn the Witch. Because uh, someone a- asked if you could... Uh, provide your interpretation of how uh, a certain name is pronounced. Um, oh, uh, is it the lady with the CQ? Yes. Oh, God. The lady, I... the lady with the crotch window? Yeah, that. Like, Oh, yeah, that's something else I noticed with the, uh, the Burn the Witch is, like, every cover page, like, you know, Kubo is really, okay, we're going to focus on Noelle's boobs in, like, all of these, you know, except the last one, which was uh, that other lady. Yep. All right. I need to look how to spell this at first because I hold on. Um, it's uh, page 54 of chapter one if you need to pull it up. Oh, there it is. OK, page 54, chapter one. All right. Yeah, I was going to go on the wiki, but that that's probably quicker because I have his up. All right. Yeah. But on the wiki, I think I did see like her um, like the Romanji, like the like in the Japanese characters. That's cheating. Like, yeah, that is, that is cheating. <laughs> I guess. OK, OK, that's cheating to use that. All right. Uh, okay, here it is. Wait, no, go back. Okay. 
Sequintineer Milaviv. <laughs> So, don't. Your, your, so your approach is to pronounce every letter, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how. That's, 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 that's I can't how argue with it. Words work, Nick. I mean, sometimes it is. But sometimes yeah, it's get not. get off your island over there and just get back with us on the mainland. <laughs> yeah, the island. Yeah, I uh, think you mean the the mainland. Yeah, mainland. Uh, if you take off the C, it makes a little bit more sense, like Quintineer. I mean, I don't know. That's I, I think that if you're focusing on a woman's crotch, then having her name be pronounced that close to the oh, I just got that. Oh my is, god, is it is really tempting fate? Oh so. my god, I just got that. But I mean, wow, that this guy on the next page also n- dressed a character like there in the Schutzstaffel and literally named them with the initials SS with lightning oh, bolts. Oh, I so. just got that too. Why am I just <laughs> noticing these? This is why we actually brought you on here is to ruin <laughs> yeah <laughs> your dreams. We're here to cancel uh, you. You didn't address the Nazi yeah. part of Burn the Witch, I, so excuse oh, oh, me, checking. Oh, you didn't you gotta, focus on this detail in this you panel gotta, of this fifty-page chapter. You got to keep in mind the whole last arc of Bleach was basically the Shinigami versus the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, and so this character actually looks exactly like Nick. You might remember him. He was one of the original like uh, Stern Ritter from like Yuha's past. His name was like uh, like Hubert or something. He looks exactly like this dude. Like, you know. See, it kind of reminds me a little once we once it turned out uh when we got a better look at her in preceding chapters and it's like no no that's that's that that's a girl even though her name is sullivan but yeah um, it I, I was kind of she actually kind of reminds me a bit of bombietta but like yeah oh yeah Bambietta, so yeah zombietta or if you want to call her yeah yeah so wow i just yeah that kind of ruined it for me uh, oh she's called bombietta because she has explosions Roy Roy B. Dipper's name, the guy that's the in, incantation corp, somebody did bring up to me that his name is like musical notes. So it's like, oh, that's cool, because he's like anthems, so musical instruments. So that's that's clever. But uh, damn. Hey, do you guys know that Grand Fisher was called that because his top of his head looked like a, like a fishing pole and lured people oh, in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like another no, thing. Like, like yeah. Fish. Getting, yeah, yeah. We're just getting yeah, blown yeah, away yeah. by increasingly <laughs> obvious dull things. <laughs> hey, you guys know it was called bleach, but there actually isn't any use of bleach anywhere in the series. In fact, <laughs> they know, wear right? black outfits, so you'd never even need bleach. So that's kind yeah, of like this weird uh, irony. He's actually naturally one, orange-haired, yeah. Remember that one time that Ichigo, there was like that whole chapter of Bleach where just Ichigo did his laundry, and I think he did use Bleach in that laundry. Yeah, like, I think that was the final chapter. Remember, yeah, he, 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 yeah. he's going, he grabs it, and he grabs it, he pulls it in, and then he turns and looks towards the camera, and he just says, Bleach, and then he doesn't finish it. It's like Avengers Age of Ultron. They cut it, they're going to wait until the next thing comes out, and that then he'll say the be- whole thing. That would have actually been hilarious if in the last chapter, because Ichigo's just like a family man in the last chapter. It's like 10 years in the future. That'd be hilarious if he walked out and he was like, oh, hey, guys, come in. Sorry, I'm just doing my laundry. Hey, Orihime, we need more bleach. And he just put it in as like just <laughs> and that. Credits. There it, there it is. They finally did it. Roll credits. That's how he yeah. ends it. He's like, honey, I'm going to go out to get some bleach. And then maybe there's like a monster outside his window about to kill him. So that's where you're like, what the fuck? But that's how it ends. What's this? <laughs> 
da, 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 da. Ichigo just looks to the camera and just like smiles and winks. And then there you go. That's the end of the series. <laughs> oh, man. But okay. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a better ending than the one we actually got. So, uh, Nick. Uh, yeah. 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 I Nick. mean, Ichigo's son being a Shinigami that just has. Yeah, sure. Why not? Right. That, that makes sense. <laughs> Nick, what do we do on Weekly Manga Recap? Usually recap manga. Uh, we t- do wrestling tangents and uh, just, you know, talk about anything other than the stuff we're actually supposed to be talking about. Uh, All right. We've been doing a great job at that then so far. All right. Oh, yeah. Magnificent. Magnifique. Hey, well, we're not, we didn't go nearly far enough. We, t- we were talking about Bleach when we were talking about the guy's other series. Like, come on. Yeah. That, that hardly even counts. <laughs> All right. Sure. I think that we are done talking about Burn the Witch. Okay. I think that based on checking what you have had to say, Chris, your honestly very positive feedback uh, when we crapped up the, the series last week and my much more tentative uh, based in bitterness and disappointment uh, from this guy's other work. Uh, still saying, like, I think that this that this has some good things about it, that uh, we are all actually pretty positive about this or at least for me i'm more positive about it than i was going in uh so yeah i do actually look forward to seeing more burn the witch in the future uh even if it is literally just if there's going to be a a chapter like the second chapter was uh for this run where a bunch of bullshit gets introduced that makes no sense uh i still look forward to that so I, i i look forward to seeing the next installment of this story whenever that will come out but Go ahead. I was going to say, you ever realize you made tea like an hour ago and you just forgot about it? And it's just been sitting there getting colder and colder? Uh, no, because I don't make tea. All right. Well, you're, you're about to tea right here, man. You're I about just, to watch me these, deep so. throat some cold ass tea in front of everybody. So put it in your mouth. Put it all in your mouth. It's it's lukewarm now. So put it in your mouth, Chris. All right. Yes. Yes, master. <laughs> Plus, bringing me on also doesn't help with tangents at all. I will try to keep that to the minimal. Oh, but yeah, yeah well, T. Yeah, I have the T next to me as well. Mm. Let's talk about manga. Nick, Let's talk what, about manga. Yeah. What, what uh, happened in my hero? I've given people many thick prompts. <laughs> my Hero Academia, chapter number two hundred eighty-four, Deep Blue Battle. I don't even think I processed that chapter title when I first read through this. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get it myself, but yeah. <laughs> um, Deku can float now. Uh, he has unlocked Nanashimura's uh, quirk uh, from amongst the six possible quirks that he can unlock. I think it was, uh, and so he is going to go up and fight Shigaraki, but he realizes that his control over the quirk is shaky, so he drops everyone else and is like, "I'm going to fight this guy." Uh, and we see a few reactions to this uh, because people are like, what the hell are you doing? There is no way you can actually fight this guy on his own. But Deku points out, like, I'm the only one who can actually keep him off the ground because if Shikaraki touches the ground, he'll disintegrate everyone. They start to fight, and we get a flashback that uh, basically explains they actually prepared for this. Uh-huh. Uh, there was the thought that, you know, the float quirk would be unlocked at some point, and so they recruited... Suyu, okay. Uraka, okay. And Saro. Saro? What? what? They oh, needed, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. They needed three people to fill out the panel. 
Yeah, that too. But also, you know, Saro has tape and Deku's got Black Whip. That's like a, that's a thing. Yeah, that actually is pretty good logic for why the two would be required together. That's Suyu. She just, she's got tongue. her tongue. Tongue whip, tongue whip. <laughs> but I, I think I just like, she's popular. He, you know, Horikoshi has to draw her. You know, has Yeah, to. I, if anything, she's the least useful here because she can only use one tongue. Saro yeah. has like two things of tape he can use. So, strict... Strict up. Hey, guys, put this in your hashtag My Hero Academia. Saro, strict upgrade over Suyu. Print it. Uh, Chris, uh, I and for the sex stuff. I strongly encourage you to rethink what you're going to do. <laughs> nope. He's better in every way. Because if the Suyu fans come, if the Froppy fans come after you, the Saro fans. We'll be outnumbered. <laughs> no, nah, man. Sero fans are just biding their time. Yeah. Everybody's a Sero fan. They just don't know yet. Yeah, the fucking 14 Froyo fans or whatever her name is are going to come Froyo. at me. Uh, they're going to come at Froyo. me. And then all the Sero fans are going to have their Gondor Calls moment and come to my aid. I just, I just love Saro because his power is literally just tape. Can, like, can you imagine like every single time anybody needs any tape? They're like, hey, Sarah, come on, man. Just, just I mean, going to rip some off you. There you go. It's canon that Kaminari is used to recharge everyone. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> so, yes, certain members of the class get less respect than others. So, uh, yeah, because Uraka has anti-gravity powers and because Sarah has powers that are somewhat equivalent to Black Whip and also Suyu is there, uh, as you guys have put it, um, They've been recruited basically so that Deku can kind of get used to using these quirks that he can't consistently call upon yet. Uh, also, his hair is an afro because he's yeah. been training with Bakugo and he's been blowing him up a lot. Um, yes. We also get a conversation in this flashback between Bakugo and All Might. And uh, Bakugo is basically, you know, calling out, hey, you know, Eventually, people are going, you know, this is not, you can't fool people with this. Uh, and All Might defends himself by saying, well, look, I'm not going to tell everyone about, you know, anything beyond what Black Whip is for, but you need, you know, he needs to get used to using these powers. Um, and he points out to Bakugo that he also kind of knows what is up with him because Bakugo is a smart boy. Uh, and so he understands that, um, you know, if you have a, a bunch of power, then you need to be able to carefully think about how to use it. And All Might explain, you know, says, like, it's not only the wicked who seek power. Basically, it's OK to have ambition and want to get stronger and stuff like that if you're wanting to use it for good purposes and stuff. Uh, Bakugo, however, says, like, hey, you know, that notebook you wrote for about all the successors and stuff, you didn't write a lot about the fourth successor. Um, that was the only one you didn't have very many details on. You had details on like the cause of death for the others. And when I brought up, you still didn't tell me everything. Did you figure something out that you're, you know, not telling me? And all my just says, not yet. I don't want to speculate and talk about things I'm not sure of because I'm worried for him and you are too. And Baka's like, I'm not. That's Okay. Won't stop the shippers. There are already five more fanfics that are based around this one line that All Might has, I guarantee it. Oh, guarantee, yeah. Uh, Bakugo has gotten a lot more humble. Uh, he admits to All Might that, uh, you know, he 
when he looks at Izuku, he thinks that he doesn't actually take himself into account. He's too selfless. And he says, something doesn't feel right. It makes me want to keep him at arm's length. And back then I ignored my own weakness and I ended up bullying him. And uh, it's like, oh, so you're trying to atone for that now. Um, but he also said, I'm sure that Deku doesn't actually see things the way that you do. He doesn't think that you're just trying to, you know, make up for some wrong that you committed. When I said you and Endeavor are a lot alike, I was talking about that change. He couldn't take a good look at himself either until I wound up like this. You'll get a chance to talk eventually. Not that I'm in a position to say much. So we cut back to the present. Bakugo uh, is basically not going to just do what Deku said and just, you know, stay out of the way. Uh, he grabs Endeavor and says, you got to make this one count and launches, starts launching them both up in the air with his explosions. Deku is trying to fight Shigaraki and. Uh, he realizes that he has um, wrecked his own arm again. Yeah. This kid. This fucking kid. Like, he just... Come on! Stop it! <laughs> uh, he's gritting his teeth. He's got this big, I have to beat him now, internal monologue going on. Uh, and he declares, this is it. Now's the moment. Everything that One for All has to offer, no matter what happens to me... Uh, as he charges through the air and seemingly lands a punch on Shigaraki. That's the end of our chapter. Uh, I'm sure he beat Shigaraki with that yeah, one blow. I mean, I mean hey, now. he looks determined. It was a full-page spread. That's it, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. I love how, uh, yeah, his arm is really messed up. I, I mentioned this in a video. I was like, remember when he first, like, he hurt his arms, like, arcs ago, and that doctor was like, if you hurt your arm, like, two to three more times, it's basically screwed. You know, you can't get it back again, and it's just, like, or you lose mobility. I'm like, if that was a real doctor, they should have just said, like, one more time, and you'll be done. But it's like, that gives Deku an out, so he's good. He should be all right after this. He's like, that first time didn't really count, because I only yeah. fractured it. I didn't completely yeah. break the bone, <laughs> so I'm good. Like, that doesn't even count. Like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He's just yeah. like, I'll just go to Aerie, and, and then I'll be fine. Like, you know, who cares? Oh, Fuck God. you, Doctor. I'll just get time warped back to when I was So good. many people are bringing up Aerie, like, oh, it doesn't matter who dies or who loses a limb, because Aerie is there. And I'm like, I think I give a little bit more credit to Horikoshi that he wouldn't just make her powers a deus ex machina magic healing every single thing that goes wrong. Uh, well, at least, uh, last I checked, last I checked, checking, Night Eye is alive. Uh, he didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Right. Yeah. But no, that was like after her power was drained. So I guess there's limits to that. But we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this chapter, Chris? I thought this was a pretty good one. I do. I do really like the visual element of this battle in the sky, which is where the title comes from. Uh, this this battle in the deep blue sky. And I do kind of like showing that Deku isn't just flying by the seat of his pants. There was a contingency that was kind of put in place so he'd have some idea how to work in a weightless environment. So it gives some justification for why Deku's pulling off all these really crazy cool moves after just activating flight. And the deck, the um, Bakugo stuff is always going to be 
a mixed bag similar to endeavor stuff there are going to be some people out there who are just never really going to forgive this character for being an asshole and that's totally understandable so it's really kind of a your mileage may vary sort of thing it's going to depend on how you're able to approach that character and what you're able to kind of stomach and how much you're willing to let them be forgiven so you know i i, I do like that there is time being spent and also that there's a humility on bakugo's part of just being like yeah i was just a bully and an asshole I think I mean, it's a maturity part too. It's just like they're t- they're 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 still teenagers, you know. They're gonna mm-hmm. grow up, and they're just gonna be like, yeah, the way I acted then was like that was just an asshole for no reason. So yeah, that's just stupid. I should you know go beyond that. Plus ultra. Plus ultra. I'm yeah. still at the point though where I it, I like everything kind of going on with the exception of Shigaraki. I really I don't know. I've reached this point where I'm just like I just wanted to be done with. Yeah. It's a little bit weird to because kind of, we've gotten all of this insight into what's going on with his motivation, what's going on in his head and stuff like that. But I think that a problem is that he's such a very anarchist kid that he doesn't really have much of an actual solid plan going on because... He, you know, like his powers suggest, he just wants to tear apart the world and everything like that. And, yeah, we do have a little bit of insight into how he sort of plans on doing that. But there's very little finesse to it. And so he just kind of is trying to be the strongest thing and have this big, strong, giant thing on his side and just smash everything apart. Yeah. And so because he doesn't have much of an actual plan to take over, it makes him less interesting. Mm-hmm. As to the Bakugo point you were making, uh, yeah, he's the most popular character in the series, and also the most hated character in the series. So that's, that's typically how it roll, how it rolls. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. Bakugo. I like his character. He's yeah. the Sasuke of this generation, apparently. I think he's Speaking better than Sasuke. I was gonna say if if we're gonna if we're gonna make it the Sasuke of our generation, we can at least appreciate that it's an upgrade. Yeah, yeah I could definitely would give him that. Yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sasuke, Sasuke. <laughs> so Boruto. Boruto chapter number 50 potential value I do not have very much to say about this chapter it is a very 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 action heavy chapter and there are about three things that happen outside of that um, Boruto establishes that he has no idea where the space time jutsu took them which makes sense. It was his first time using it, and he just kind of used it instinctively, not with much methodology behind it. There's a conversation between Kawaki and Amato back in Konoha after Kawaki wakes up, where essentially they say, like, yes, you're out of the woods because your karma's gone. And then it's like, but he'll probably try and put the uh, the karma back in you so that he can resurrect. So my situation hasn't really changed. It's what he's yeah, we just need to kill him before he can get to you, basically. That's that's what we're going to do. That's how that conversation goes. Fighting happens. Uh, Naruto rips off Luffy uh, with his... Uh, what was the tailed beast form? He sewns a bunch of arms to punch. Uh, he literally just grabs uh, Ishiki, and Sasuke tries to Chidori him in the in the butt. Uh, but he summons a bunch of cubes, cubes, and there are cubes. Yep, there's blocks. That's a great a movie, by the way. Can we all acknowledge that cube? Great fucking movie. Yeah, that... I, 
Yeah. Is that the Lego movie? No, it's the movie where there's a bunch of cubes. And if you go into a different part of the cube, you die. Something it's all full of death traps. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a dumb sci-fi movie, but no, it's fucking great. It's a real movie. It's a real okay. movie. It, Cause oh, I think, God. I think the logic in it is, I don't remember if it's the end of the first one or the second one. They reveal it's like we built scientists built the cube as a government experiment, but like the cube fucks with space time. So sometimes you could walk into a room and be killed, but then your past self will walk into the room again. There's a whole character who's just like an evil dude who just keeps murdering the same character over and over again to take all of his watches. Like, okay, it's, well, it's you, so dope. You've said this was like a made-for-television sci-fi film, so that sounds about right in terms of that. I don't but... know if the first one was made for TV. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. Uh, let me see. Cube movie. All right. Cubes. This is very important. This is a tangent about cubes. All right, go ahead, Nick. It's an independent movie, but it was not made for TV. All right, fair enough. Um, so Ishiki goes after Sasuke, who's dodging around the cubes. Uh, he attacks him with his chakra staff, and Sasuke blocks it with his sword. And then something fu- kind of funny happens, which is that he's like, "All right, so he shrinks Sasuke's sword so he can't block with it anymore." <laughs> It's like one of those little uh, keychain things you have, you know? Pretty much. Uh, he whops uh, Sasuke in the face, untrinks his sword, and gets ready to stab him with it, and uh, takes a really long time to do so, which gives Boruto ample time to jump in the way. Uh, a thing happens back in Konoha. Amado says something ominous about uh, Boruto's potential value, uh, and then Boruto gets in the way of the katana. He does a diving save, and so... There's a, 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 a smoke bomb goes off because um, Boruto throws a rock mm. uh, and he gets away with Sasuke and he realizes, ha ha, you you froze up. You could have killed us both with that sword. Ah, I was right. You can't kill me, can you? And uh, that's intense it. stare. And then that's yeah. <laughs> So two fun facts about this chapter, Nick. Two fun facts. Uh, The first one, I actually didn't read this chapter. I started Uh. to and it got really boring, so I didn't. The second fun fact, there's actually going to be a remake of Cube made by Lionsgate. It's currently on hold, but there is potential that the Cube franchise will come back. I mean, Chris, you and me have been talking about the Cube franchise for like the last two minutes. And I, I know. have to say, like, this is one of my favorite movie franchises ever. I want, from now on, anytime you think of Boruto, I want you to think of Cube, the Cube movie franchise. The the, the CCU, Cube Cinematic Universe. <laughs> we could have the it's Cube already more legacy. successful than the Dark Universe. Mm-hmm. So. The Cube, Cube Resurrection. Yes. Uh, Yes. The cube resurgent, the recubining. Mm-hmm. You know, we can make this work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cube Q- Junior, son of Cube. Yes. 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 Gonna be, that's going to be the reboot in 2030. That's going to be kind of mixed reviews before they go back to the original. There's going to be like a crossover movie, like Cube versus, like Cube versus Circle. Yeah, I don't know which. Sphere. Oh, yeah. Sphere. Cube, cube versus Sphere. Cube, uh, cube in space. Send them mm. to space. Oh yeah, just launch the cube into space. So even if they get out, they die in asphyxiation and cold in space. It's gonna be great. This feels like this. What feels like if you were to like get in a time machine and jump like a thousand years in the future. That's all that cinema would be is just cubes. Like we couldn't understand it because we're too like you know primitive. Be like this is this is film now. Just cubes. <laughs> oh man. They try, a, they try and launch a spinoff called Dodecahedron, and people are just like. <laughs> 
It's too complicated. I don't like this one as much. Too many sides. Too many sides. Character number eight. (laughs) This is one of my... I did not read this one. So, Kaiju number eight, uh, for those of you like Tekken who are not aware, is a newer series. It started up a, a, a few months ago. It's basically Attack on Titan. Um, it's 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 but like good and happy. So it's a lot more. <laughs> it's, so it's the exact opposite. It's the reverse Attack on Titan. Yeah, it's okay, it's yeah. a lot more lighthearted and fun uh, okay. with all of it. Uh, we see that uh, it's been two months since the uh, induction. Uh, of the people who, you know, at least passed the exam. Uh, so Ichikawa is going through field training uh, and he's doing pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, his unleashed combat power has increased to 18%. Uh, so people are observing this. They're like, oh, okay, Ichikawa has actually grown a fair amount. We see a bit more of the other people who were part of the uh, team that passed. Uh, and there's a little bit of a rapport between them. It seems like, um, there's this guy with blonde hair. Who's kind of mocking Ichikawa. Uh, Kikoru of course is, is leading the pack. She does the same, uh, field test in less than half the time that Ichikawa did. And she has unleashed 55%. So she is way above everybody else, of course. Uh, and, um, there's a little bit of just kind of dick measuring that goes on between these guys that I don't think we've actually learned their names yet, except for um, this one guy says Haruichi. So I guess this redheaded guy or this brunette guy is Haruichi. I, I think I think we did learn their names when they did the exam. Like when the exam chapter happened, they they showed off all these characters. But at that point, you weren't really sure if that was just flavoring for the exam part of it or if these were supposed to be relevant characters going forward. I guess there's got to be more recruits there, regardless of if they're going to be important or not. So, uh, And of course, we see uh, Kafka, who has a time that is uh, more than twice uh, Ichikawa's. In fact, it's. Not too far from being three times his time. And his Unleashed Combat power is 1%. It's not zero! Yay! Yeah! He's pumped about this. He actually starts, like, bragging to Kikoru. (laughs) Uh, The uh, lieutenant, the the, uh, vice captain that uh, we got the ominous introduction to last time, it's kind of, you know, serious with them, like, hey, you know, if at this rate, you know, you're never going to become a, a regular officer. You'll be gone in a few months. So, you know, you've got you've got to increase uh, your potential. Uh, then he, you know, you know, has them all run laps. Um, but uh, afterwards, we find out that he's actually kind of uh, optimistic about these new recruits because they're actually all improving and helping each other to improve. Then we get a hot bathhouse scene. Oh, yeah. Steamy. It's all the guys. Oh. Nice right. change of pace. Yeah. <laughs> flip flip that shonen trope right on its head. There you go. Uh, um, like everyone's kind of like compare instead of comparing boob sizes, they're comparing muscles. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how. Yeah. Last time I took a bath with a bunch of guys. That's how that went. Yeah. Look, so I work at a T-shirt store and every so often uh, you have somebody who's like, I want to try on a t-shirt. And I had a guy who took off a shirt so he could try on something. And there was a moment where I, I was quietly like, I shouldn't say it, but I was like, that dude does have some fucking jacked biceps. Like, 
those are fucking phenomenal biceps. But I was like, I don't want to say it. It comes off weird or predatory or something like that. Like, I don't want to lose the sale. But there was a thought in my mind. I was like, good on you, man. Good on you. <laughs> there are certain compliments. Like, like when I'm in the store. Nice dick, bro. Exactly. Don't want to do that. <laughs> but like, you know. I, I do occasionally like see something like, oh, I want to pay a compliment to this person. But if like if I'm complimenting a, like a girl, it'll be like, I like your hair or, oh, you have a Ken Kaneki Tokyo Ghoul uh, mask. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of along the lines of if you're complimenting someone, if, if you're complimenting basically anything from the neck down, it's like, yeah, okay, be very careful. What you exactly. Say. When I was working at Dollar Tree, I always played it safe and I would always compliment people's like like there was this one guy that came in with a perfect handlebar mustache, like something straight out of like a movie. And I'd be like, that's an awesome mustache. He's like, oh, thank you. Yes, I put a lot of work into it. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then he tried to induct me into the Freemasons because he was a member of the Freemasons. <laughs> that was a weird that was a weird guy. He was interesting. But damn, that was a weird day. Uh, <laughs> but Did you join? One of the things one of the things about being a Freemason is I actually looked into it is you have to accept like God and I'm oh, I kind of identify as an atheist. So I'm like, oh, well, then right away, that's kind of going to be difficult. So there you go. I mean, I guess if that's the thing stopping you, <laughs> we've got good benefits. Did you even consider what our dental plans could have given you? Are you a member of the Freemasons? Chris? No. <laughs> okay. For the longest time as a child, I thought they were a fictional. I thought it was like the Illuminati, yeah, like like a made up group. Fake, doesn't it? <laughs> like the stonecutters from the Simpsons or something, you know? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, so the the boys uh, compliment each other's muscles or compare each other's muscles. There is a funny moment where Kafka is like, check out how big my arms are. And then they're like, oh, and he's got a gut. So, you know, he's 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 only got, you know, half cut and then he's flabby elsewhere. Basically, uh, they start to have uh, naked male bonding. Uh, they are like, hey, so, you know, why did you guys join the defense force? And uh, so one guy's like, oh, you know, Captain Ashura, she was my idol. She saved me when I was in middle school. How about you guys? Uh, you know, family reasons, but I think, yeah, Captain Ashura, she's my goal. Yeah, Captain Ashura. And uh, so Ichikawa and Kafka, uh, you know, are having a private conversation. Um, and so they're like, what about you, old timer? And off, off panel, Kafka basically says, like, it's because of Captain Ashura, but it's because we're childhood friends. And so I'm trying to fulfill a promise that I made with her and all that stuff. Then they're like, oh, my gosh. And Kafka's like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to leave now. And they're like, hold on. You've got to tell us everything you know about Captain Ashiro. And so. So these thirsty fucking assholes. Interrogates him over really, really innocent stuff like, well, she was born on a sunny day. She loves dried <laughs> cuttlefish. She used to take care of the animals when she was in grade school. And then we cut over to where Kikoru and the other female recruit are getting out of their bath. And they come across the guys who have all, like, suffered heat stroke, basically, from staying in the baths for too long. Um, so, yeah, that went well. We cut to later in the night, I guess. Kafka is 
studying hard because he knows that, you know, he's falling behind. He figures that he's the only thing he can really do is just work harder uh, in order to uh, make it the ground so that he won't get kicked out of off the force. Oshina shows up and is like, hey, you know, sleep is part of your job. So you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to actually take care of yourself. But Kafka's like, yeah, okay, I understand, but I can't afford to get cut. And Hoshino's like, yeah, because of Captain Ashura, right? So, oh, why do you know that? It's like, well, because, I mean, you you said in the bathhouse and uh, any conversation you have in these dorms, that's fair game for all. So rumors spread in this base, basically. But Kafka re- reiterates the main point that he was actually trying to make before all the thirsty boys were like, tell us about her. Uh, which is, I made a promise that I would fight by her side. I'm trying to fulfill that promise. Oshina's like, oh, okay. So that means that you're trying to steal my spot as vice captain then. And Kafka's like, no, no. Actually, yes, I do intend that. So Oshina says, all right, you're on. I'll give you two hours, but then, you know, lights out and go to bed. I'm not forking over my place by her side. By the way, a word to the wise you shouldn't get too buddy-buddy with your fellow officers. In this line of work, anything could happen at any given moment. And just as he says that, there is an emergency kaiju alert. And so everyone's got to get out there. It's time for the cadet's first mission. Okay. Yeah. Good chapter, actually. I kind of do like a lot of the small details. I I like the choice not to... Do any kind of cheesecake with the girls' bath. It's just a joke that they leave the bath and like, what a nice bath. And all the boys are fucking like, oh, we spent too long talking, <laughs> bullshitting. I uh, just... know what Captain Ashro's favorite film when she was six is now. <laughs> <laughs> was it Little Mermaid? <laughs> yes, it was. It's every six-year-old's favorite movie. <laughs> Why would you ask stupid questions? Well, if, she, if she's 30, then yeah, it probably was her favorite Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> But it's good. I, I like the chapter a lot. I like, I like this. More... I, I, I never read this before, but I like the art style and just like the, the premise is seems like I'm assuming they fight kaijus. So. They do. Yeah. And the main character himself is secretly also a kaiju. Well, not of course he is. Well, not secretly. He just winds up becoming one. He um, doesn't understand how, but he can become. That's where we. Uh, th- that's where the Attack on Titan comparison comes in. Okay, that's now I get it. Because right. tonally, otherwise, they are. Completely different series. Right. Uh, I also like seeing a lot more of of uh, Hoshina's uh, personality in this because before you know, obviously before the previous chapter, we, he was seen to be this kind of mysterious Joker. Then we found out that he had this. You know, he was very observant and careful, and so that was why he let Kafka on the force because he suspected him. And now we see that he has this. You know, wise advice to dispense, but also he's kind of selfish. Uh, so. Um, he's, we're getting to see a lot more of, of him, and I do kind of wonder if, like, maybe this guy's just gonna die if you just gave this warning that anything could happen to, at any given time. And yeah. so, well, okay, no one's gonna track down Kafka's secret now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, good chapter. Indeed. Spot Spy family! family. Um, mission 33. Uh, they, they win the tennis match. Yep, uh, that's <laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> Um, look, there's, there, there's the guy with the rubber bullets. There's not a lot of funny jokes in this one. Yeah. It, this, this arc has kind of just been all right. Um, the, the entire first half of the chapter is just more and more obstacles and more and more cheating goes on and it doesn't matter. 
uh, Nightfall uh, just kind of they win. So <laughs> yeah. Nightfall and Twilight, they, they, they win. And then afterwards, uh, basically, people get in t- contact with the guy who was holding the tournament and they want the painting that, of course, they asked for as their prize. So instead, they basically had to go in and, you know, Twilight went in in disguise so that he looked like he was one of the merchants or guards or whatever. And he just, you know, swapped the paintings. And so they have it. Hooray. Uh, that's that's it. There, look. None of the family is in this. Therefore, it's just not as good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's. This dynamic is probably focused on a little bit too much too quickly because I think that it's uh, kind of uh, worn out its welcome already. I I probably haven't read. I read up to like chapter 20 of this series and then kind of stopped for a while. And I read this one in preparation for this. And I'm just like, okay, who are all these people now? (laughs) Like, what? Huh? Where's the kid at with the psychic powers? I don't I don't. Okay. Yes. It's like every chapter you should be asking that to yourself. Where is the funny (laughs) child with the psychic powers? The (laughs) best part of this series. When when Magu-chan probably ends, can we just have like a spinoff series? where just he and Anya and Bond just go on adventures together. Just all the best series from the comics. Yes. All those characters should hang out. All right, Nick. And uh, tagging, let's talk about Eden Zero real quick. Chapter 111, The Sky of Days Long Past. So in full disclosure, uh, Crunchyroll has again shit the bed and I can't access the chapter. So I'm I'm reading. Yeah, so you so you can't get this this sexy pick. Well, I I mean I can. Funny it's suit so on your phone. I was also gonna say I can't tell what's on your phone besides the glaring light of your phone, but uh if so if some of the terms that i'm using don't match what's on the official translation let me zoom in i apologize maybe you'll see it. <laughs> someone's saying to pantomime it chris just just act it out oh okay Whoa. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy adventure yeah uh so hey they found the treasure uh so last chapter kind of indicated that mother maybe had some kind of message or something like some kind of influence of her was left behind to actually interact with Shiki. Uh, if there was, it wasn't important enough for us at this moment to digest it because they immediately. I, thought that I had skipped a chapter when I opened this one up. Yeah, so, he's yeah. he's just immediately reunited with the group. And he's like, "Look, my my little orb has now absorbed the power of Mother, and now it's stronger, and we can use it to find other things." Basically, they explain there's fragments of mother's ether all over the cosmos contained in these artifacts that are all kind of worshipped and they can be used if you find enough of them to actually then guide you to mother so it's basically a way to create a narrative where they're gonna have to go out and find these things go on adventures to other planets and by finding enough of them they're gonna come together and then boom then they can you know find one piece uh as they need to uh so yeah Basically, there's that. Honestly, now that I'm looking at it, there's not actually a lot that actually happens in this chapter. They they find out about that, and then which just spoils, like, yeah, Andrew's dead. He's not coming back. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty I mean, much... You say, you say that, but it, it does kind of play out that way. I mean, the tension in the moment is just that Rebecca knows this, but she doesn't want to rain on... Uh, old models parade. I forget her names. Nadia. Um, 
Nadia. She doesn't want to, you know, bring Nadia crashing down like your boyfriend's dead. Sorry. Humans don't live to be 200 years old. And which is like, yeah, he's dead. Um, yeah. Which <laughs> just like it's dead. He's dead. Uh, she's like, we found this video chip in there that basically shows Andrew's last journey where he was flying towards the plane. He's like, hey, I found a relic with this. We can save everybody and you won't have to have that cord in you anymore. Maybe you won't say I'm an old model over and over again because it feels like if I'm an engineer, that's the first thing I would have fucking taken out, you know? Uh, but he's like, hey, it'll be pretty sweet. We're going to watch the skies together. I love you. I'm definitely not going to die. Oh, no. And then he dies. Um, and then he dies. Yep, he it's dies. Like one, uh, it's like that one... Um uh save save christmas uh from the from the pc uh culture movie where they're like really concerned about how like people are saying uh you know happy holidays instead of merry christmas and so there's an entire like movement in this one small town and and the protagonist you can tell he's great because it's because uh he rides around on a motorcycle that has an american flag on the back uh and it ends with like you know there there's this one character who was like I don't know, a brother or a husband or something like that of one of the characters. And he went to Afghanistan and he got killed in combat. And so at the end of the, the end of the movie is him like, you know, taking a, a video of himself two seconds before they're attacked and he dies on camera in front of everyone. And it's like, because he died, we have to be able to say Merry Christmas. Uh, okay. It's a really, really, really bad movie. Okay. Uh, so Nadia decides, no, I have to find him. She rips away from her cord. Everyone's like, no, she'll die without, without that. And she's like, no, I won't. I'm an old model. She doesn't say it, but I assume, <laughs> I assume Hero forgot her gimmick this chapter because he doesn't do it that often. Uh, she finds the corpse and she's like, oh no, you're really dead. I guess humans can't really live that long. What does it matter? You know, I guess I'm a robot anyway. I can't love, but no, you can love. You have something in your heart. And then Weiss is just like, yeah, this is great, but she's going to die without that. And then Rebecca, I don't know how, she's like, no, that relic's there, so they're fine. And the relic, as though recognizing it's been called upon, explodes out of the ship spontaneously (laughs) at this moment. It's like activated, and it's a candelabra, and it flies into the air, and then I guess it disintegrates. I don't exactly know, but it releases all this energy over the hidden water temple land, and all the robots come back to life. And Nadia is a human being now, which doesn't get a ton of address, but I assume that's something relevant to keep forward. At least the implication is she's real, because her lines are gone, and she's crying real tears. But then at the same time, that really goes against the message that was just uttered, that you don't need to be a human to have a heart, but I guess it works if you are now anyway. The planet's fine now. Turns out it wasn't a water planet at all, because the oceans just evaporate. And then everyone's happy. And I'm like, I guess that's just the ecology of this planet again. It's it's there's no ocean on it anymore. That's the chapter. That's uh that was so much stuff that I kind of only sort of understood, but <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> Uh, uh so I've only I read like, like a little bit of Eden Zero, so you read too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of this chapter. I, I I like certain details. Like um they bring up like, wait a minute, if he died two hundred years ago, why did the ship only crash land now? And there's an explanation of well, he was about to land on the planet, 
the meteor that struck him and, and uh, the ship and killed him knocked him off course. So we actually basically did a full orbit, uh, which uh, and eventually crashed after 200 years of just flying around in a circle after plummeting through space for a while. So that's why um, I don't know why it was important that he only crash landed that moment beyond the relic, which didn't activate until they pointed it out, like you said. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I think that having the whole uh, explanation for the MacGuffins at the beginning of this and having four pages dedicated to that really makes the rest of it feel rushed because uh, that's the part that is supposed to be the emotional takeaway from this chapter as well. Yeah. There are certain moments in this, like, I actually really like the moment where she just runs and rips the cord out because she's she doesn't care. Um, it's actually, you know, kind of visceral because you just see it rip and tear out of her. Um, but the main problem with all of this is we've seen Eden Zero do this story already uh-huh. way better with Humura and Valkyrie. Like, the way that that was done and the way it was paced was so much better than this. And it's making all the same points, basically. Uh, You know, there is a person who discovers that someone from their past is dead that they thought they were going to be reunited with. Uh, It's a relationship between a human and an android, which there is some sort of thing against because androids supposedly don't have hearts, even though they do. Uh, So when you've done that point already, I don't know why they're doing it again. Uh, I don't know why it was necessarily important to have this character have closure, I guess. But we're done with this planet now, so I'm going to stop caring about that. Yeah, like when I like the little of it I've read of this story, I kind of get the premise right away that it's like they're going to do the whole I'm a robot, but I still love and care. I'm like, all right, you can do that. But are they, are they still doing that like 100 chapters later? I'm yeah, like, okay. you know, it's kind of like Kingdom Hearts, you know, where the yeah. nobodies, they, they don't have feelings. They just pretend to, but they definitely have feelings. So I don't yeah. know why this <laughs> villain group exists. So. Okay. All Nick, right. let's talk about the Pig Panther. The Pink Panther? Ambaga! <laughs> Nick, did you not see the trailer for the Pink Panther movie that came out in 2000? Or one of the 2000s? I mean... And it had that great scene where he goes, Ambaga! Like they're trying to teach oh. him English. It's like, Ambaga! Okay, okay. Chainsaw Man, I... I what? <laughs> <laughs> like, is, it, like, is this your yeah, first? Or, do, do, what? Do you read Chainsaw Bloody Man? Good gut feeling. I made it up to like chapter 10 and then I skipped. Oh to man. You did like, not what? pick a good chapter to come back on. <laughs> oh my god, I was so confused reading this. You really picked a bad chapter to come back. <laughs> so, um,. Okay. Kishibe has still got Makima at gunpoint. Uh, now that Denji has come back from hell in his full chainsaw monster form. Okay. Makima says, I asked, you might want to back off, Kishibe, as she picks up her katana. I asked Chainsaw Man to save me. I'm about to be killed, although I will attempt to resist in celebration. And then Denji kills her. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
so remember that whole thing about like, oh, her death is just spread out in sicknesses to all of Tokyo. A lot of people are going to get real sick through that because she's a pair of legs and a head now. So Kishime watches all this happen. Then she turns his head to look at him. And then he hears in his head the words, save me. And then he's gone. He doesn't leave. He's just gone. So someone pointed out that there was a scene a real long time ago where Kishibe was kind of throwing out the hypothetical of having to go after Denji and kill him at some point or something along those lines. And Denji had a line to him where he's like, oh, if we ever had to fight, I'd let you go. It was kind of a cool thing to see it play out later on. Well, Chris, I see no evidence whatsoever that Denji's feelings as a human are still maintained in this monster chainsaw form. (laughs) Nope. Anyway, the next scene opens on Family Burger. We gotta do the song, Chris and and Nick. We gotta do the song. (laughs) I don't sing. (laughs) We've got an order, family! Eat your family at Family Burger! That's not the line, but I'll take it. (laughs) Moms and dads love Family Burger. Tomato! Lettuce! Jeez. Born! And the star that packs the punch is the... Oh, God. Why Why are we here? I don't get this. Is this a place that has been established before? I don't understand. No. Nope. <laughs> but... <laughs> but... <laughs> the notion of coming in and being like, why are they at this hamburger restaurant? <laughs> why are they here? I understood nothing, but I couldn't stop reading. I'm like, where is this going? So the the guy who says in that song, the word beef is their mascot, which is a guy who is just dressed in an apron like all the rest of them. But he's also got a, a winking hamburger mask on. And then we see Kobeni. Uh-huh. So... Um, apparently that whole thing she said where the only things that she was suited for were to be a devil hunter or a prostitute, she found other work. Good for her. I mean, she pretty clearly shows in this chapter she's not meant for this job, so she might still have been right. Doing great, Although The manager's a little bit of an asshole. He is. You gotta give her that much, you know? But to be fair, she wasn't a particularly great devil hunter either, so... So, Kobeni is clearly not fitting in. She has a quote-unquote smile that is too forced. I don't even see a smile, so I think that the manager is misinterpreting her problem. But, um... Yeah, so he he also points out that, like, you know, she's got this nervous tick where she says, ah, every time she talks, and he's like, oh, that's that's not familial. You need to, you need, we need to break you of that habit. And she, of course, immediately goes, ah, yes, sir. And then she just goes, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so he slaps her across the face because this is the best way to break someone's verbal tics is uh-huh. to just is physical abuse. And he says, I want you to remember that pain every time you're about to say, ah, if you do that, you'll stop saying it, won't you? Isn't that right? And everyone's like, come on, go, Betty. Let's work together to solve our problems. And she just goes, save me. <laughs> so... The door opens with a jingle. 
He's there. He just pops into existence right there. In full chainsaw man, devil, horrifying monster form. And immediately everyone starts going, ah, 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 ah. Uh, except for one guy who goes and makes a run <laughs> for it. I don't think Denji actually moves. The yeah. guy's head just gets cut off when Denji looks at him. Denji looks at the hamburger meal menu and a memory springs to mind from when he was young and naive and had Pochita with him. Just once in my life, I want to try a hamburger that isn't rotten. So he sits down at one of the booths and he goes, <laughs> and uh, people react nervously. Mascot guy, mid getting his head cut off, says, Call the devil! And <laughs> Chainsaw Man Denji says, Vava, Vava, and everyone's like, What? What, 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 what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And the Kobeni, Kobeni is the one who realizes hamburger, hamburger, and they're like, make a hamburger, make it a meal. For the love <laughs> of God, give them a quarter pounder meal. God damn. Y'all start doing the family burger jingle. These guys are dedicated to their craft, if nothing else. It's like, don't just give him a hamburger. It's like, no, no, we're going to do the whole damn jingle, just like in the handbook. Even though the star of the show is dead at our feet, and we know that that is the payoff to this whole stupid song. It's so we, weird. Because we are people... trained to do this, damn it. It's like how Cirque du, like, Cirque du Soleil never breaks characters. Like, no matter yeah. what you say to them, no matter how rude or an asshole you are, they stay in character. They're like, I don't care if fucking Frank's blood is soaking in my socks right now. We do the goddamn family burger song. <laughs> so, so two of them are dead. Burger guy is dead. I think lettuce guy is dead. Yes. So the, the short order cook... Gives Kobeni the tray and is like, you take the food out. And everybody's like, what? Me? And so it's like, one supersized family burger meal, me. And then she trips over her own feet and falls over. And the tray goes flying and spills everywhere. And everyone's reacting in shock. And Kobeni just kind of gets this look on her face like, well, I'm going to die now. We're all dead. But she looks up at Denji, who's got some vegetables sticking to him and he's just like bah, bah, bah. <laughs> so, alright we gotta do the song again guys and they do the jingle again and again lettuce guy is missing but instead of continuing with, with the jingle the asshole boss is like Benny, we're going to die because of you so he's dead now too his head gets chopped off because he didn't stick with the script yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Genji's just like, I like the jingle. The jingle is nice. <laughs> so, actually, I think the boss didn't die. I think that he just looks very similar to one of the other guys who was there. Maybe, because... I, I, yeah, yeah, they all look very similar. So uh, he's like, 
Lenny, don't trip this time. They give it to don't her again. Trip. Yeah, I don't. That's where I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to take it. <laughs> if we get it, there's a devil in the store. And like, if I remember correctly, like the normal citizens know devils exist, yes. right? They're just scary yeah, yeah. as hell. So you stay away from them. So it's like, all right, you know, we have to deal with this now. Don't give it to Kabani again, though. Give it to somebody else. <laughs> He has the tray again. She's like, don't trip. Don't say ah, don't. One soup is for me. Meal. Pola with Pola. And she trips again. And the food goes all over Digi again. And he just starts crying. And that's the end of the chapter. Fucking lettuce just drips down the chainsaw. Like, on a tomato, just plop. Like... To give you an idea of the context of where this chapter came from, the last chapter indicated that the nature of the chainsaw devil is, if it eats another devil, then the fear that that devil is associated with, all memory of the concept it's associated with is erased from existence. So there was a Nazi devil, and the chainsaw devil ate it, so the world has forgotten about the Nazis. So is there a hamburger devil too? I mean, it might be after this chapter. He's not getting that like, hamburger yet. I'll be straight up with you guys. I'm reading this and I'm like, is this like a dream sequence chapter? Are we no, like no. in Denji's head or something? No, it was it was it was just a weirdly bleak dark chapter for the only character we're supposed to kind of recognize in the series anymore. You have to understand, Chainsaw Man has killed off most of its cast in the past, like, two months, so... Yeah. Uh, Aside from Denji and Kishibe, I think Kobeni is, like, the what? only remaining character what? who I hasn't liked, uh, died. What, what about that power girl? Um, she's... she's no, she's great. Oh, I don't, she, I don't care about spoilers. Go uh, ahead. Just, yeah, uh, she's uh, dead? All right. Yeah. The implication is she's dead. Okay, that sucks. I liked her. Um, given everything that's happened recently, though, I mean, like, they could all stay dead. Maybe they'll come back. I don't know. All right. I'm almost certainly going to come back. Yeah, I, need to read, I, I need to read this again, because this chapter alone just... God. Oh, it's so glorious. You have to... Like, it's so... It's just, it's just so different from anything else that you're going to read, or you're just like... Yeah, I don't know. That's the only series I know that dedicated a whole chapter to Chainsaw Man begging for a cheeseburger and murdering everyone in a hamburger shop while they all sing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a fucking oh, Tarantino sorry. movie or something. Oh, I, I, I personally hate restaurants like that, though, with the theme, like the sing jingles oh, and too. stuff. It's just like, just let me eat my food, <laughs> please. Um, I, I, People in the chat are pointing this out to me. The future devil's still alive. I'm sorry. You're yes, right. The, the future, future, future rules. The yes. future rules. Right. Okay. That's. I fucking love this chapter. It's so fucking weird. Wow. Um, let's talk about Maguchan God of Destruction. Chapter 12. Pursuer Kikyo Komiyama. Kikyo, the other friend that's with Ruru, in addition to Jerk Girl that we were introduced to last time, this is Tall Glasses Shy Girl. Um, she wants some advice from Ruru, uh, and she's like, oh, I, 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 I'm just going to And Ruru just out loud goes, you're interested in someone! <laughs> he whispered it to you so you, it would be private. 
but she says, I'm too shy to speak to him. I don't know what I'd do if they didn't like me. And so Ruru tries to be encouraging to her. Uh, and she's but and you know she's like, hey, no, oh come on, I'm sure that they'll like you. I'll help you. So be strong. So we cut to after school, and Kikyo is like, I'm Kikyo Komiyama, and I've been interested in you for a while, and I'd really like to get to know you more. So could we spend some time together? And she's talking to Magu. <laughs> so Magu is immediately like, Ah, you must swear your loyalty to me as a follower. And she's like, Yes, I will. Then write thy name in the book of the Destruction Disciples' Blood Oaths. Oh, Magu made another friend. <laughs> so. Uh, we learn quickly, quickly after that that Kikyo is actually a member of the Occult Research Club, uh, which surprises Rue that it exists. She takes them into their club room, and they've got like this dummy of a gray alien and stuff. Yeah. They've got a book with like Illuminati symbols on it. Uh, Rue says, why do you keep this a secret? And Kyo indicates, because no one understands, because my favorite topics are aliens and cryptids. Uh, and it was manga that got me into it, but the more I researched, the more fascinated I was. But whenever I try to explain it to others, they just tell me that aliens don't exist, and you know they let they laugh at me. And so, but they think denying it makes them smarter. I need mystery in my life. So basically, we're getting you know like uh, her Bo Dallas explaining why he believes in a hollow Earth with lizard people uh, explanation here. Of course, um, don't we so, all need a little bit of mystery in our lives, though, uh-huh. Nick? You know. <laughs> I mean, not this mount. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and the reason that Kyo is uh, interested in Magu, of course, is that he's clearly some sort of otherworldly creature, and so she wants to know more about him. Uh, but Ruru's like, oh, I, I think it's great that you know, you're know you so passionate about your hobby, so thank you for telling me about this. And now you and Magu-chan can, can talk. And so Kyo's like, oh my god, I can talk about the, I can talk about the cryptid. Can I, can I, can I touch you? And she's like being really creepy with Magu, and Magu's just like, sure. <laughs> He's not put off at all. But I want to touch you. Oh, you're you're so malleable. Can I can I have a sample of your flesh? Very well. It just, just chops off one of his hands. He doesn't care. Um, and of course, she's like, oh my god, I'll treasure forever. Yes, worship and revere me. <laughs> so, a perfect match. The two of them are. Um, however. Uh, the next day, when they see Kyo, she's very upset because, of course, the part of Magu that popped off, as we know, uh, turned into a mini version of himself. And uh, when it tried to eat stuff, it exploded. And so she's like, what happened? Uh, then we find out the Accord Research Club is going to be disbanded. So we have one of those typical, like, we need to recruit people in order to, you know. Get- <laughs> yeah. We need to get, you know, this club put together and stuff like that. Uh, they go to Yuika and she's like starts mauling Magu, of course. Uh, they go to Ren and she, and, he, and uh, it turns out Ru is going to be there. And so Ren's like, oh, yes, OK. So they, they managed to have collected uh, five members um, and uh, they go to the teacher. And so it's Ren, Ruru, Kyo, Yuika and clearly Magu in disguise, they just ha- he just stretched his body out like he did in that in like chapter four, I think it was, and is wearing gym clothes and they put like a wig on him. Hair implants. I don't know where they got hair implants specifically. Um, but the teacher's like, okay, this is clearly an alien, but this is perfect. So you've yeah. actually produced results. 
So, all right, yeah, okay, approved. And then he runs away. And so Kyo is very is very thankful towards uh, Magu and Ruru. And Magu says, from now on, this clubroom shall be called the Secret Temple of Destruction. Uh, and Kyo's all for that because, uh, yeah, and I, uh, that's that's the end of the chapter. I love so. the teacher's response, which is like, oh, your club actually produced results, implying that, like, hey, guys, come on, you lead the occult research club. You have to actually prove aliens or cryptids <laughs> exist or you're just not going to be able to stay as a club here. I mean, come on. I mean, schools <laughs> do have those standards in Japan. Like, they have to actually prove that, like, oh, yeah. they're doing something of worth. So <laughs> I was uh, at, at my university. I was president of the anime club, of course. And like we actually had to do like we couldn't just sit around and watch anime all day. Like we had to do like, you know, school events and stuff and participate in school campus or we couldn't exist. Yeah. yeah. This is why you get to use the room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did like a maid cafe or something then or. Uh, we did this like multicultural fair and we just did I did a we did a traditional Japanese tea ceremony, which is extremely stressful because it's a traditional mm. Japanese tea ceremony. But <laughs> no maid cafe. We did not get a chance to do the maid cafe. Uh, no. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Chris. No pictures of teching in a in a in a oh, maid. I would have worn a maid suit, definitely. I mean I, I would have yeah. I know you would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So All that right. was Magu. Okay. It was there. Uh it was better than the next chapter. Our Blood Oath, chapter Can two. Can we please? Nick, I don't ask for much. I do, but I didn't ask for much this week. Can we please just skip straight to the end and be like, we read Black Butler recently. This isn't as good as Black Butler. Yeah. And I that's it. Yeah. Chapter two of, of Our Blood Oath is about Ko, the younger brother, he wakes up in the giant house that apparently the brothers still live in because they're still wealthy despite their parents being killed. Fucking rich people, I swear to God. So uh, a little boy shows up that Ko has to look after and take care of because somehow this kid just wandered into the fucking hills That's and good. arrived at this mansion. Uh, tiny bat demons show up. Ko fights them off while the boy is asleep, but then bigger bats show up. He tries to fight them, but... He doesn't have powers without his his brother there to use their blood oath pact thing in order to draw power from. So that's not things aren't going well. The older brother shows up and kicks both of their asses because apparently he can fight, even though it seems to be indicated in the first chapter that he just supplies power for the younger brother to fight. Uh, and then the boy's parents show up and it turns out that the reason the big brother was gone was because he was getting a kitty for them so that uh, the little brother would be distracted. And uh, the kitty has a fork tail. Uh, and that's it. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, the chap series is... First of all, the series was already not looking good after that first chapter. And this uh, one, I have no idea why anyone would choose this as the second chapter of a series, because it establishes almost nothing about the relationship between these two. And I feel like we've somehow gone backwards. Already. Because it was, only, it was only two chapters, I'm like, alright, I can get caught up on the whole thing, and even after reading both chapters, I'm kind of like, I still don't get it. You know, like, yeah. It really does just feel like somebody really liked Black Butler and was like, I'm going to do my Black Butler. And they didn't yeah, do any vampires. of the cool parts of Black Butler. Yana Tabosa, you are not, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Well, let's move on to maybe a better series this week. We never learn. Question 174. A pizza bet equals tomorrow night's Pixie Part 6. Hold on, Chris. Are you implying that our blood oath is not the best chapter of this week? <laughs> no. Well, no, it's, it's it, going to get my MVP. It's it's not as good as High School Family was last week, so we can acknowledge that at least. Um. um go ahead. Okay. Uh, Sorry, so, you just made you just you you kind of just like had like triggered a little mini uh, moment for me. <laughs> like it was a small short circuit in your mind where your mind just had to be really angry for a moment. What what probably happened is I tried to recall a happy memory that has since been erased since reading High School Family. So. <laughs> so. Uh, Asumi's dad has shown up and yes. he still believes they're a couple, we believe. Uh, he talks like, oh yeah, I've been asked to fill in because your mom had to go on vacation or like work for some other place. So she need me here. And then he immediately is like, by the for way, yeah, he's like, what, 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 should, what, what are you guys going to set up a date for your ceremony? And Asumi's- So when you two are having sex, which of you is the bottom? <laughs> oh God. You know, in a healthy relationship, you should alternate, but I, I don't want to step into your business. <laughs> okay. So Asumi uh, has to be like, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I never told him that we lied about being a couple, and I guess he's just believed that we still are this entire time. So this is like 10 years later, he still believes this. Basically. Yeah, was the, this was actually a point that I raised last week when it was just, he was just being teased that he was showing up as like, I'm yeah. going to see my daughter and her boyfriend. And I was like, wait, does he actually still think that? <laughs> Man, that uh, <laughs> it's been eight years. <laughs> the guy, I mean, Hey, either she kept lying about it and was really good at it, or he's just the most gullible human being on the planet. <laughs> he's like, I don't see a lot of pictures of them together, but just because I don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't oh, exist. You know, you know, these kids always taking pictures with their smartphones and whatnot, you know. <laughs> I ship Sutara. I, I've been known to believe people are together with less evidence. <laughs> so just just to uh, just to establish this as like the rule goes, Aruka was the first. So she was like the actual canonical ending of this story in your minds. It, I, the, uh, <laughs> it, the official explanation is that there is no canon Okay. But Aruka it's is the answer. Aruka. Yeah, Aruka <laughs> is the answer. Now, I'll say that Asumi is the only other one that I think has any legitimacy being a competitive kind of route to that, just because there's been some interesting stuff in it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Aruka was the best ending. I, I'm okay with Aruka. Yeah. Yeah. Rizu was my fave, was my, was my focus. But yeah, well, of course, Aruka's I'm all right with. Uh, so basically they decide, oh, well, I guess real quick, we'll take a bunch of pictures of us and I'm going to have to change my hairstyle over and over again to make it look like different like, days and stuff have been happening. But you wake up impressive, but you wake up doesn't have to change shit. He doesn't change a goddamn thing about himself. So in every picture, he's just wearing the same fucking shirt and tie. The fashion standards for men and women are kind of unfair, aren't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've been having the same shirts for the last 10 years. Yeah. Because you just know that, like, you know, you if Yuiga had changed his tie once, then then the dad would have would have instead been like, so are you actually, like, are you just his beard? Is that what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Any man who wears more than one tie. I suspect tie at them. age 16 and you keep that tie for the rest of your life. <laughs> and you'll be buried in that tie. 
In the olden days, they used to hang you with that tie. It was a full <laughs> circle. Uh, so he makes a joke. He's like, well, but why is there a picture of the two of you kissing? And you wake up, of course, has that moment of being like, oh, God, kissing. This is a big thing for us right now. And assume he just kind of quietly apologizes for having to put him through everything. Uega's uh, walking home in the rain, and he's just like, I just don't really get how she feels. Kind of weird. And I'm like, wow, the rain's really picking up. We see two kids who I'm sure we've seen before, but I don't care. They're looking for something. <laughs> it comes up later. Uh, Asumi's dad shows up, and he's just like, uh, he starts apologizing. He's like, oh, my daughter can be quite the handful, can't she? He's like, oh, you know, it's, it's yeah, she's really good to me, and, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know what? Look, man, I, I, I need to tell you something. I need to come clean. And he's like, oh, is this about how you and my daughter aren't really a couple? And he's like, what the fuck, dickhead? <laughs> You've known about this for years? He's just like, eh, yeah, kind of always knew. But I should also probably tell you something, too. So I have some regrets about your late father. And he's like, I kind of wonder. I think maybe there was more I could have done. Flashback to uh, back when Asumi was in junior high and Uega's father was still alive. And he was going into the Komonami clinic for basically an opinion. He, you know, Uega's dad at one point makes a joke. He's like, hey, why don't you uh, marry your, your son or your daughter to my son? We could be like a family. And, uh, of course, Asumi's dad back at that time was a lot more strict. He's like, I'll never give up my daughter to anyone. But then they actually have a serious conversation where Uega's dad's like, hey, uh, I want you to be the one to do this very risky surgery. I, like, I've, we've known each other forever. I trust you with my life more than anything. And you assume his dad's like, I want to help you, but I can't. We're a small clinic. We do not have the equipment, the like facility to really take care of you. So I'm going to write you a referral to a place with that. And Uega's dad being the same cloth that Uega was cut from is just like, yeah, you know what? That was a selfish request. I'll manage somehow. Sorry if I made you feel bad. You're just like, come on, man. Uh, and he dies, as we know in the story. And we see uh, a very interesting panel of uh, Asumi's father at the background of the funeral. And there's a yeah. lot of other characters. You can see Kirisu there yeah. and several other characters who have shown up throughout the series that we knew had some kind of relationship with Uega's dad. So in the current part, Asumi's father's like, look, in the end, I just wasn't able to do anything. And sometimes we doctors are just so powerless. He's like, why are you telling me? He says, well, if you and Asumi found each other again on this island and everything was going well, I figured I would just keep it to myself. But, and it shows that Asumi's father knows that there's some, like he spotted Asumi basically finding the medical record. And she's like, wait a minute. That that patient that you weren't able to save was was Uega's father. Oh, like I get it. it. It's not your fault. You know there are limits, but with him, I thought I could really. But now, how can I ever look at him in the eye? So Asumi basically feels guilt now, knowing what happened all those years ago, and he's like, "Well, I feel like it probably put a barrier between the two of you." It seems to be that's a little bit of one. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be that's 
also the reason why she turned him down about Doa Chan. It looks like she probably discovered this right between kind of the events that we know. Asumi shows up and is perfect timing to hear like the like i guess everything relevant happening so she could dramatically show up and then run away because she doesn't know how to handle the situation uega runs after her uh basically is shining at her like you know you're always flirty and teasing me with but you end up running away i want to know how you really feel and she's like i don't feel anything but then he sees the little doha chan keychain he made for all that time ago and he's Aww. like, aw. But there's no time to address those feelings because fucking kids are about to be swept away in a storm because they went to go save a cat or some shit from a they fucking storm. Up. Yeah, they, they saved the cat. So I mean that is a that is a mascot level kitty. Like it it's is. it's in the raging storm and the cat's just going, you know, it's got like <laughs> a nice emoji face, yeah. I love that kid's expression at the end, too. It's just like they're on a dock that's literally about to be swept off into the ocean. And the kid's just like, oh, it's cool. Somebody will rescue us soon. See, I really relate to the bigger kid because I was yeah, also yeah, totally. I was also a fat kid for most of my life. So I definitely would be sitting there like, oh, man, I'm going to be the reason why this sinks and we've all dropped. It's really why this is going to happen. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I broke a lot of planks walking over here. Oh my god. Uh, but will Uiga save the day? I mean, if those kids die, then you know, there's still no reason why they can't get together. So yeah, that no, is really. that is true. Like that was it's really sad we couldn't save those kids. But anyway, about us. <laughs> um, continuing so... on with the question, you know, how do you feel about as the kids are being swept away down the river? Just like <laughs> Oh I... man. I like I like this part. I like this part. You know, I kind of get the impression that this dangerous situation is padding. Like it's kind of so that we can last two more chapters before they kiss, as opposed to one more. Because that's kind of the way that these series has played out. Is that we get. Even even Rizu's was my favorite. Like uh, that's the one I wanted you to get to get together with. I think Rizu's little mini story was drawn out a little bit too long. Uh you know but it's what comes know. of like all of those all of the you know routes have to be the same mm-hmm. volume length uh is that some stories are not kind of need to be artificially extended or contracted a little bit yep uh, in order to fit that and so you gotta gotta throw a bunch of shit in there if you don't have a whole lot in mind for what to do with them and while there has been a lot of good stuff uh in this arc um it sort of seems like we came to a point where there was going to be a natural conclusion and now we kind of have to delay that a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of disappointing because I have really liked this arc so far uh, up to now. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the we were trying to trying to throw ideas back and forth of, like, what could it be that Asumi saw that exactly makes her, you know, not want to be with Yuiga? And it's a thing that, like, you can kind of understand, um, but it's also an innocent enough thing that it's okay to just move beyond it without having to really do a whole lot to uh, justify moving beyond it. So it was a little underwhelming with how much dread seemed to be built around it. But at the same time, you know, it makes sense. Like if I were in her shoes, I would also be able to kind of like, I could empathize with having that level of guilt. Like, ah, we could have probably, maybe we could have done more. Maybe yeah. it's what he wanted, you know? 
my dad was asked by your dad to do something important and because he didn't he died so it's more complicated than because but yeah i could see internalizing it as because because as i said like it was a very reasonable argument too he's like this is a pretty intricate surgery and we're a small clinic i I literally just have like a scalpel and a lamp yeah you know (laughs) you know that's all well, once I remove your lung, I could leave the lamp inside you, I guess. <laughs> God, that's messed up, but yeah, understandable. Uh, so I'm assuming that probably this whole crisis with the the storm and stuff will be resolved, and then uh, oh, it depends on if this is going to last eight chapters or nine chapters. I'm yeah, because it'll they, probably be nine chapters. Yeah, because they, they aren't they alternating but... between eight and nine. Yeah, uh, so were they? I thought they were all nine. They were all nines? Okay. I then, thought they yeah. were all nine, because I thought they were all supposed to be the length of a volume. So basically, okay, you'd sense. have to pick, so, like, kind of your own volume, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, and then you could buy the other ones to burn if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. no one loves Fumino, and you throw it into the fire. <laughs> oh. You all right, Nick? Get a count? Yes, I'm fine. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get Dr. Stone started in the meantime. It's time for Dr. Stone Z equals 166 Ultimate Night. It's time to get stoned. Got to get that in there. And we have the popularity poll for Inventions and Cola one. And I'm like, okay. I mean, maybe just from like, if you did get ended up in the stone world, it's just like, man, I just want like, uh, like some coca-cola or some pepsi or some shit from our world right it's not it's very logical i'm surprised that's the number one invention ahead of katanas for like the shonen jump audience but they have all been they all they have all been nine chapters you're right okay okay they're nine okay cool um but yeah i mean cola makes sense katana makes sense and the sulfa drug i i mean okay that was like the first thing they did so maybe that's why yeah i uh I don't know. I think I, I feel like I kind of would have gone with glasses. That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, but oh. you're biased for that, Nick. <laughs> uh, so there was the ship invasion last time, and of course, uh, Mose uh, is still on the ship, and so he is uh, working against it along with Matsukaze. Mose has a tube spear now, so he's kicking some ass with that, uh, and he says. I love the reach of this pipe spear thing. He's a he's a man of such vocular acrobatics. Exactly. He's like Frieza too, because he's like, I've finally started training, and now look how strong I've gotten. <laughs> uh, some guy throws a bunch of grenades at them. Matsukaze decides to knock them back with a piece of bamboo. Like, uh, it's a baseball bat. A huge explosion in the air. I'm sure nobody died. It's just a bunch of grenades going off. It's not like it's anything dangerous. Uh, Mose is, you know, coming up out of the decks to combat people. Uh, He says, hey, you want to kill our cute girls? Well, aren't you guys shorthanded? Wouldn't you prefer to take prisoners? If I were you, I wouldn't try anything crazy. And so, of course, you know, people are like, this guy's still such an asshole, I swear. Oh, yeah, he totally so. is. Uh, dog fight, of course, still going on between Risui and Senku and Stanley, or is it? Uh, and, uh, 
yeah, they dumped a whole bunch of of acetylene in the engine and it crashes into the trees. At that moment, Senku and Risu's plane stalls and they realize, oh, our engine sucked up some of the gas too. So they crash land as well. They get out and they're like, all right, all right, the enemy's over there, let's tie him up. Uh, And then uh, some bullets strike the tree over them and Risu comes to an epiphany, which is, wait a minute, did Stanley just miss us at close range? Uh, And they spot the pilot whose helmet comes off, and Reese's immediately like, you're not Stanley Snyder, because it's a woman. Uh, And to let us know it's a woman, (laughs) all of Uh. her armor comes off, and she's like, look at my curvy bits! So, yes. I love how all the armor falls off at exactly, like the helmet, but just like everything else, just like, oh, okay, there you go. I also like how she brags about missing, too. She's like, I'm not Captain Stanley, because he would never miss. Like, I don't know why you're shouting that out with such pride. Uh, unlike, unlike me, he doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, so it's time for the second phase of this strike by the, by Zeno's forces to... <laughs> So, well, it works. So, Ryusui launched out of the submarine like <laughs> he was on a rocket platform or something. He just and then lands easily on his feet in between Masakaze and Moe's. Immediately turns his pistol on their weapons and blows uh, them apart. He's like gun kataing them. Yeah. Uh, easily takes them out. He shoots Moe's in the shoulder, uh, which blows apart his stone armor. And uh, then he just very calmly reports enemy combatants have been subdued. Job's done. Just (laughs) didn't even break a sweat. Like a badass. Yes, he's awesome. Like, (laughs) I love how he just gets fired out of the submarine. Just science. That's how we launch soldiers into the wars now, right? We just launch them out of submarines. Uh, Zeno is bragging as he gets the word over the radio about this. Uh, he's like, ah, I pulled a most elegant checkmate with my ultimate knight. Chess. He does chess. That's his thing. That's his thing. It's uh, weird. Chess is, it feels like he would be enough of a nerd that he would kind of like been like, chess is a little too droll. Like, I really want him to have like a giant, like, go board out. And he's like, this is the game for true intellectuals. And he puts <laughs> yeah. down a piece. Oh, wait, uh, wh- who's who? He's Hang playing on, I who's who. I Japanese. <laughs> uh, which one is this? <laughs> he is like, and thus I have won and completed my trip from San Francisco to Chicago, totaling 14 victory points. He's just playing Ticket to Ride by himself. <laughs> I didn't. All right, I believe you that that's a real game. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it. He makes a version of Candyland. That's like, aha, the gumdrop forest. Or he's like, pl- he actually is playing Shogi, but then he, yeah. he's like, king me. <laughs> oh, he has no idea what he's talking about. He's playing tic-tac-toe. This, this is a true intellectuals game. <laughs> he has a tic-tac-toe board. And he's put a circle in all of them, and he just quietly, yeah. he just quietly mutters to himself, Touchdown, Sakta Senku. <laughs> this man is truly a genius. <laughs> so there's a weird moment 
where after after Zeno makes that brag, apparently Senku hears him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, radio goes, waves. Yeah. Ultimate night, huh? You think that's checkmate? Right back at you. And there's a visual like a nuclear bomb has in the distance gone off. And the nuclear to... Sukasa goes off. Zeno's <laughs> face is like yeah. blasted with lights. Um, and <laughs> because Sukasa comes charging through the wall with his sword aimed straight at Zeno. So apparently that tunneling plan has come to fruition. Uh, because Sukasa is right there in front of Zeno now, and it's a full two-page spread of Sukasa oh. just charging through some guards and breaking tiles under his feet with the force of his charge. So this is like if uh, Zeno's like, "I've put you in checkmate," and Sega's like, "Well, I just opened up this expansion pack of uh, these extra <laughs> chess pieces, <laughs> and so yeah. I get to put them in play immediately." It's like you got the bishop, you got the rook, and he just lays. <laughs> I've got the Gatling going, and it just lays it down. <laughs> like what? I don't get. I mean, the timing of this is beautiful because it's like Senku just probably overhears it on the radio of like, "Oh, you think you've won? Well." I'm nowhere near the ship right now, but this is right around the time Sukasa should be showing up and kicking ass. So, you know. I mean, this is such a Hiruma moment for Michael 21. Because, you know, it's like, oh, is that what you thought that the situation <laughs> was? And then, oh, there's another I, thing going on. I don't even care. Like, that last panel with Sukasa is so beautiful. I, I, I need to get that, like, framed. It's so damn cool. Yeah, you guys you guys are bringing up this plot hole of, like, why is Senku responding to something he can't? I'm just, yeah. I'm enjoying, it's the same way that I, I really, like, my, like, the, the Nagas versus the Devil Devil Bats, I'm always like, fucking Jumanji with his one more step move, and I, I, like, showed it to somebody, and they're like, wait, isn't he down? Like, he's, he's not at the gold line, and his knee's touching the ground, he's down, and I'm like, shut the fuck up, one more step, <laughs> it's, it's cool enough, fuck you! <laughs> the only thing that pisses me off is that, you know, like, in the, in the last panel here, like, Stanley's head should be split in two by next chapter, but you know that's not going to happen, which that kind of disappoints me a bit. I mean, maybe it will. I don't know. But like, uh, oh yeah, they're like Stanley was about to hold everyone hostage and just be like, looks like looks like the table's out for a bargaining chip, and then like Senku's like, uh, no, Sukasa just split your commander's head in half. I thought that's where we were going to, but I was not clear. Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot that Sukasa. It can actually be very ruthless when he wants to be. <laughs> oh, this man was trying yeah. to kill me just because I was good at science. <laughs> and you know what? That weapon that he has, I've actually seen a lot of people complain about that thing. Like, why would he use such an encumbering weapon? Why would they waste the metal for such an uncumbering, huge-ass weapon? And I'm like, because it's, it's cool. Su su it's Sukasa, damn it. Dr. Stone has always been like a combination of like real world science, but also just it has to include the manga shit just to be cool. Right. So, I mean, I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. Oh. What makes the moment for me is honestly Zeno's I just shit my pants look on that last panel. It's so. it's the satisfaction of seeing like the instant like, oh, man, it looks like the heroes have lost. Turn the page or. Oh, oh, guys. Oh, my God. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. For the last week, I thought that was Stanley he was about to stab in the face. 
Uh, no, I didn't realize that was Doctor Zeno until yeah. just now. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not Stanley. It's Stanley's boyfriend. So. I didn't realize that. <laughs> like I thought, Sukasa arrived on the ship, and that makes sense because that's where Sukasa was. I thought Sukasa like left the drill site to go back to the ship. I mean, he could oh, have. My, He's Sukasa. I mean, he could have he, he runs fast. But I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot because that's obviously Zeno's scar. I'm like, I was so focused on Sukasa with the sword, I didn't even realize. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not, I'm sure that you're not the only one who has made a mistake like that. It's but, fine. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, that's even cooler now. <laughs> All, All right, right, then. What's L- next? Let's uh, talk about Mashal, Magic right. and Muscles, Chapter 31. He's not Mash Van Dead anymore, apparently. No, I like this change. And uh, apparently it's been like this before, and I missed it. It's Mash Burn Dead and the Divine Visionary. It's. It looks like it should be pronounced like Bernadette. Yeah. Like so. But I, I like Van Dead, you know, because Van- that was. It sounded cool. Van Dead flowed better. Burn Dead's okay, but Van Dead was where it was at. So uh, last time the Divine Visionary showed up, and he's like, uh, inter- he met, he intercepted Mash, and the chapter opens, and he summons a spider to be like. This spider will tell what your powers are, basically. If you're a regular ma- magic user, then then I'm going to go buy you, basically. Technically, the spider says it and says, uh, Master Rain will let you scuttle on by, which is important because the bug makes a lot of bug references. Yes. And of puns. course, it makes spider puns. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I do like Mash's response is like, uh... But what's, go- what's going on? <laughs> and we don't get to really see it because immediately a giant sword is just launched at Mash and he has to grab it. He's like, uh, excuse me, what are you doing? That was very dangerous. <laughs> Stranger danger. <laughs> and, and, I love how we say, yeah. And like Matt Rain's just like stoically, did he use any magic at all? <laughs> And the bug just starts screaming, no, it's a bug in the system. I detected zero magic. So then Rain summons a bunch more swords. And we just see a silhouette of Mash's body pierced by all of these blades. And then we see it in function. And he's sitting on a throne made of all of the swords. <laughs> and Rain's just like, he's sitting on a chair made out of my partisans. Like he doesn't have a bigger response that he's just kind of accepting the reality in front of him. And he's like, he's okay. He's really not using magic, so he can't be a part of well, Innocent Zero's group. Well, and the spider's just like, it can't be, and he reigns like, <laughs> impossible. It's, it, it's not. It's it's actually stopped using spider puns. <laughs> doesn't know what to do anymore. So he's like, all right, one more test. Ten percent partisan. And the bug's like, oh, no, 10%, he's finished. And we'd see Mash has grabbed one of the previous swords and is doing, like, practice swings with it. And then he's like, he's like, oh, no, is he going to? And then he just lands his feet down and he just goes into a bunting stance. <laughs> all right, bring it on. And he just bunts all the swords down and knocks him to the ground. And he's like, you could have hurt somebody with that. I mean, he could have. I mean, it's a good thing Mash was there. It's very important. Yeah, he really could have hurt somebody like that. So Rain's just like, what's your name? And then he says, Mash Bird Dead. And the first time I read this, I was like, is Mash lying about his name? So that's yeah. when I had to scroll back and I was like, oh, it's not Van Dead anymore. So I'm not really sure where that all came from. 
But Rain thinks back to the conversation he had with Wahlberg about how they have a unique new student. And while his circumstances are quite different from his peers, he possesses a heart that's strong and true. If you'd like to look out for, I'd let you look out for him. His name is Burn Dead. So he's like, ah, that's you. I apologize for my forgiveness or for my rudeness. Forgive me. Match's like, no. <laughs> so Rain's like, no. Rain's like, <laughs> No. So he's like, fair. It's not much of an apology, but take this. It's take a ma- this max tomato. Yeah, he's like, it's a magic kerchief that'll heal your wounds. Match is like, oh, okay. Uh, and it's covered in rabbits. He's like, Are you a fan of bunnies? And you see Rain get really like he just gets a glare, and Mash is like, it, it thanks for the kerchief. <laughs> thanks for the kerchief, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll use drop that. it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, so Rain's like, Hey, you know, you're going after Abel, right? Match like, how did you, he's like the old guy, the old geezer told me you wanted to be a divine visionary. So naturally you'd run up against Abel. He's going to be one of this year's visionary candidates for sure. It's fair to say his, his doll magic is far exceeds what's required of a student. I was surprised that you could block my elementary magic with your bare hands, but without any magic, you're going to have tough time. Match like, huh? But I could use magic. Rain's I like, can use <laughs> yeah. magic. Uh, <laughs> so, I use magic, muscle magic. Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on, I've been saying this for a while now. Magic. Rain's like, in any case, he holds most of the coins in the school. So beat him and they'll be yours. And that'll bring you a lot closer to becoming the visionary candidate. Our world has no shortage of problems. I'd like even one strong ally in my fight. So if your aim is to be the visionary, do it, even if it kills you. And Masha says... K. <laughs> K. Whatever. I got it. So he, he, Rain goes all, walks away, does the whole like, I've got things to do. Watch out for yourself. Uh, don't get it twisted, though. I'm only doing this for me. And Mash is just like, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. And we get a little more narration, thought process from, from Rain, who's just, you know, thinking about Wahlberg and saying, you know, basically tells him, like, yeah, you know, this guy actually meeting him saved your younger brother and and rain's like if you want to be a divine visionary without any magic you need to prove you're greater than any magic user so mash goes to the door where lord abel is and he says i wonder if it's pushable or pullable oh it's pushable and then he stops and he thinks of the little uh cream puff charm that he was given by lemon and then the door just shoots off its hinges (laughs) And I do love that this is the introduction between these two, like, rivals, where he's like, must you destroy every door you enter? And Nash is like, I was just trying to knock. I mean, he did knock. He did knock. He did knock. Might have knocked a little bit aggressively, but Mm -hmm. yes. It was a fun chapter. It's it's a nice little chapter. Um, I do like the escalation of the gags that we get where, you know, it starts off with Mash just has this badass, you know, catch the sword between the fingers thing. Then he makes them into a chair, but then he just, he looks like he's going to knock them out like a baseball bat. He's like, nope, bunt. (laughs) (laughs) Just to like make it like more innocent, (laughs) I guess. Um, And yeah, I guess it makes sense to not have this, automatic win mage go to face this guy alongside mash um in order to you know keep him protected you know 
don't, you don't want to overexpose him yet. So, uh, but yeah, we're, we're uh, suddenly at the uh, climactic battle between uh, the these two guys. So uh, I guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's talk about Ayakashi Triangle. Chapter Lucky 13, A Sign of the Awakening. Last time, Ninokuru showed up just in time to help Matsuri as a fucking octopus tried to grope her. I mean, take the scroll from him. Uh, so Matsuri, of course, is still like half naked after that. And so he's like, thanks, Ninokuru. And Ninokuru is like, change into your ninja gear because he doesn't want to look at, at the female form because he's embarrassed and stuff. Uh Nunaku is like, I know who you are, Garaku Utagawa, and gives a bit of, you know, a background on him. Uh, and he's like, you know, all that's going to end. And Utagawa says, like, oh, that would be a problem. I mean, I don't want to get on the bad side of the association. And Nunaku just kills him immediately. <laughs> uh, running slash passes through him. And he's like, well, too late. You attacked Kazumaki, so you have to die now. Shit. So, yeah. So Suzu and Matsuri are both like, geez, he's fast. Uh, and then we see the guy is fine, and that of uh, he, he he did the whole thing like, oh, you attacked my body double. He used his drawing to just uh, to do an instant uh, body double that, to to protect himself. And uh, also, he drew chains. So now Nino Crew is chained up by that. Nino Crew is like, geez, I can't believe how fast this guy is able to use his his art reflex reality jutsu. Uh, it looks like. Uh, Suzu's friends are going to come around the corner towards them. Sudagawa's like, oh, don't want to get spotted. He draws a wall so that uh, they'll have some privacy, basically. I do like how these two girls are just like, was a wall always here? I guess we're just not familiar with the school. <laughs> like, it it yeah. doesn't even match. It it's doesn't. not even flush with the corner. <laughs> like, no, it's like, oh, that's a weird place to put a wall. Okay, whatever. I do like how they have to, like, logically say afterwards, like, ah, yes, my magic's ability to affect reality has a, has a stronger effect on you humans to explain away these two kids just going, like, oh, I guess there was always a wall there. <laughs> and just turning and leaving. So, uh, they're all squaring off. It looks like it's going to be a two-on-one battle. And Udagawa is like, well, it worked the first time. I'll, I'll summon more animals to grope Matsuri's boobs. Uh, and a bunch of animals show up. Oh my and god! Start groping Matsuri's boobs. Uh, a you, frog snatches the scroll while you, he's distracted. Do you guys uh, think Matsuri, there's a fetish to be uh, swarmed by a bunch of animals and have them grab all over your body? Uh, uh, in Japan, I'm sure there is. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I never got into dangerous. the whole. Oh god! And then the tentacle. I never got into the tentacle thing. You know, it's just uh, no. Hmm. So you, I don't know how how hard did you try to get? Into? No, not, not <laughs> I have some really. sites I could send you if you want to give no, it another I'm, try. <laughs> I'm, I'm good on that front. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Let, uh, let me suck your suction is a suction cup is a pretty mm -hmm. good one. Yeah, there's Jesus. there's some solid stuff there. I don't get what the obsession in Japan is over tentacles. I don't I don't get it. But okay. well, wasn't that the logic is that there was a period of time where you had to censor anything that was actual nudity and pornography. All so right. they got around that by using tentacles. I thought that oh, was supposed so to be. So there's you know, also a famous illustration. Hentai, art, hentai artists will always find a way sort of kind of deal. There's that. There's also uh, the famous illustration. I think it's called the fisherman's wife. 
that was made in like the 19th century where yeah. this girl's being groped by some sort of octopus thing. So uh-huh. it's it's a uh, it's, in the, it's in the zeitgeist. It's it's out there. It's a common enough thing that research papers have been written about it. So, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. Anyway, um, Matsuri, uh, well, that octopus attacked. is going to kill that woman. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hadn't looked this up before. He's really going to kill that woman. <laughs> Anyway, Matsuri, <laughs> Matsuri uh, while being swarmed by bunnies, tr- tries throwing a shuriken, and it's off target. It hits a faucet uh, next to Udagawa instead. And uh, Udagawa's, you know, basically while he's fighting them, is pointing out uh, the two ninjas' weaknesses, you know, saying, like, you know, while we're indoors, you know, you know, crew, you can't build up speed in this hallway. It doesn't matter how fast you are, you can't accelerate. And Matsuri, you can't use your wind if there are people around because you might break some windows. There could be people right outside that you would, you would get injured. Uh, and so it looks like he's defeated them because, oh, he's gotten the frog has gotten the scroll away. That means he could give the scroll over to Shirogane. Uh, but Suzu snatches the scroll from the frog and tries to run off with it in order to protect it. But uh, Ugao's like, nope. You're in danger. My cute octopus has been ordered to obtain the scroll, and it's still lurking around, which means you will be supplying fan service now as it attacks you! Uh, so, uh, they're in trouble, and Suzu's pri- got her priorities in order, definitely. She's she's like, if we don't have the scroll, we'll have nothing on Shirogane, and then Matsuri won't ever be able to turn back into a guy! That's priority one, right there. Gotta, uh, I gotta give my boyfriend his dick back. So. I love that. So... Usually when this sort of thing happens, it feels like it's the common thing for the, the female character being, like, attacked to go, like, eek. Sure, her her sound effect this time is, "Og." So I really like it as, like, this annoying inconvenience of, like, oh man! Arg. And then she just sits there and she's like, this motherfucker's gonna keep me from getting that dick! And it's just overpowers. Like, it's such a great moment of stupidity. Because the octopus is like, ah, shit, I don't want to get into this. I'm on your side now. There is a legit cool moment that happens here because, yes, the power of I won't let Matsuri stay a chick forever gives her a power boost. And she glares at the octopus and it starts to instead protect her instead of trying to get the scroll from her. And so Urugawa is, is shocked by this. Uh, the rabbits and frog get bat away by the octopus. And he's like, so this is the power of the Ayakashi medium. Uh, and he's surprised because his artwork has never betrayed him before. Matsuri uh, is taking a stance now with wind circulating around him. And Urugawa's like, I told you, you know, a gust of wind could be dangerous. But Matsuri says, my wind can do more than just scatter Ayakashi. And he concentrates the wind into a small ball and launches it at the faucet that he hit with the shuriken earlier. And it causes the water to spray in all directions. And it causes all of the ink to be washed away. So all of the creatures that Urugawa summoned are dispersed. And uh, yeah, because of Nino Kuru's attack earlier, uh, Masuri knew that uh, he, he could do that. And since there's water everywhere... Uh, Matsuri's like, you won't be able to draw anything new now. Prepare yourself. And immediately Urugawa is just prostrating himself himself before them. I'm sorry. Um, And he's like, ah, you see, I'm not actually a villain. I'm a supporting character who is introduced as a villain. Uh, (laughs) Ta-ta-ta! And um, Suzu points out when he gives this explanation, because Matsuri's suspicious, you know, he didn't actually do anything to try and hurt us before. So she says, hey, if you know about me, 
can you tell me more about the Ayakashi medium? And Urgao's like, well, that's what I was planning to do from the start. And then he goes on to say very ominously, it is possible for you to become the Ayakashi god. So, uh, okay. All right. So Ayakashi triangle has stupid fan service that we'll just take that as, you know, just take that for granted. This chapter actually had some kind of cool stuff in it. Uh, I mean, I like the drawing guy. I mean, he's cool, you know? Yeah. Aside from the creating octopuses and whatnot, like the, you know, I, I like characters that could do the art thing. I like Sai from Naruto. He could do that sh shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of weird, but it is kind of good at how weird and dumb it is. I don't know. It's... It's tough to explain because Ayakashi Triangle feels like it subsists entirely off of the fact that it draws sexy women in like panty shot shit all the time. But, but like, you ignore that. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, but if you're able to digest all of that and push it aside, and it's kind of some interesting stuff kind of going like in the context of the world it's in, it is kind of cool that uh, whatever her name is, Suzu, Suzu, her desire to get that cock is so strong that she just tells a monster to basically fuck off with her eyes. Like she gets conqueror's hockey in that moment. Cause she's like, I want it. Yes. Um, I mean the way that it happens is very easy to mock, but I am completely in favor of having Suzu stop being just the kidnap target or whatever. And have her actually be able to take part in combat. If you're going to keep running with this thing where she's going to be around Matsuri and stuff. Yeah. Let her do stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right, then. All right. I guess we're going to be wrapping things mm -hmm. up here, then, with Black Clover. Uh, short chapter, I thought, there. this week. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Page 265. Elysia. So we see Noelle has woken up. She was saved by or found at least by the elves. And we see that uh, everyone else who was in the Spade Kingdom, who was part of the Clover Kingdom, is there as well. So uh, Sekre is there, Mimosa, Charmy, Luck, and Leopold. Leopold, that's his name. I, I, I forget what one is which eventually. Yeah, they've they've been taken to Elysia, which is like a secret area rich with magic. That is located deep within the Heart Kingdom. And there's also two kids there. And they're like, who are these children? And they're like, ah, they, they are the descendants of your Clover Kingdom's royal family and leashed. So this is a very nice thing, though, for Sekre. Because she gets confirmation of finding out, like, okay, like she managed to live. That The lady managed to live, Lady Tessia. And she managed to have her kids. So it's kind of a nice little closure for her to see that there's this new life that kind of continued on past her very tragic moment back there. Yeah, this um, is a very uh, important moment for her to, you know, have this relief of mind to see that this civilization didn't die out, that these people that she cared so much about were able to live on. 
And uh, anyway, we've got more important stuff to talk about because <laughs> yeah, they're like, hold on, we got more stuff. Uh, like, oh yeah, yeah. Moving way, on. That, that little little uh, thing for Sekrei in the last arc. That's great. Okay, now we're on this arc, and we have to focus. So it turns out there's another guardian tree. The, the, yeah, there's a whole guardian tree that sent us the divine revelation, telling us to, to to save all of you. So we hurried, but we failed to reach you in time. But you would all use your own powers to survive the explosion. We see all the various characters apparently using their powers to avoid the explosion. But I don't know what Luck did. It looks like he ran into the explosion. Yeah, so. Luck just like like used electricity and ran really fast yeah. and he survived the explosion because he's Luck. <laughs> but they also seem to indicate that because of their actions... The Clover or the the Heart Kingdom was pretty much spared. A lot of people and a lot of lives were uh, were spared, uh, but it doesn't really bring much comfort to Noel, who's just like, we're not strong enough. We couldn't protect her. We couldn't defeat them. We trained for six months, but they still took Lolo Pachika, and there's no telling how long she'll be allowed to live. So we have to get stronger right now, much stronger. Teach us how to be there. And Rada, I think, was his name. Raya. Raya. Raya is just... His name sounded like liar. Ah. So he's just like, you don't even know how to ask people for favors, do you, Royal? And Leash is just like, look, you've already... Or, not Leashed. Patry. Uh, Patry. Yeah, sorry. Leash is gone. Patry is like, you've already trained for six months and you couldn't defeat them. What makes you think you could grow strong enough in such a short period of time? And Look, like, lady, lady, you already did a time skip. Like, what else do you want? Yeah, like, we can't, right? <laughs> we can't do another one, right? Well, fairy we tale demonstrated that that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, you no, really can. No, they might do the same thing that fairy tale did here, and I'm like, all right. Uh, Noel just says, "Yeah, I get it. I know it won't be easy, but giving up on getting stronger is even harder." And all the other characters get up and shout, "Yeah, they're gonna do it!" So Patrick's just like, "All right." In that case, you can get stronger using the elves' esoteric art, ultimate magic. Bum, 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 bum. It's probably going to be a very risky thing that might possibly kill them, but they'll survive and get three times as strong. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a big cost and all of their lives could be in danger, but all of them will survive and be much stronger for it, so... Luck looks pretty happy. He's like skipping around back there. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Esoteric uh, in this context, it's basically like him saying secret art. But like, yeah, it, it, but it also means, means like, it just means like it also hard means, to understand, right? Yeah, yeah. It can mean just like it's kind of hard to understand. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like it's we don't even know what it does. We just have these crystals. I guess we'll use them. Here you go. <laughs> Imagine Patry here just saying like you we you can get stronger using the elves. Really kind of like confounding and like it's just really kind of bullshit <laughs> secret technique. Um, well, wait, what is what if the ultimate magic he's referring to is the reincarnation shit again? And he they do that and they do that again, but they work together with I don't know, man. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, it's it could just be kind of like a generic upgrade. It might tie yeah, more into that I, stuff. I'm, kinda, I'm trying to tie it back because I don't want this to just be like, all right, random magic that was never mentioned before. All right. You guys are all like three times stronger have it, a good one it would you know? be weird too if the idea was like hey you're gonna unlock the strongest magic you're capable of because i don't think black clover is ending 
So you can't give so many important characters like their final magic. So whatever he's referring to must be the ultimate magic. And maybe this is just going to be like an upgrade, which is weird because the characters like four months ago all showed it was literally part of the point of the arc was to show they had just learned a magic upgrade by learning how to do glyphs and sigils and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is weird that they're gonna get another power-up, most likely. I, I did like the one scene where Noelle's, like, shouting, like, we trained for six whole months! I'm like, six whole months? Okay, then train for a year. See what happens then. I don't know. Yeah. She's like what, do you, 15, what do you want me to tell you, lady? I don't know. <laughs> she's 15. Six months is a really long time for her. <laughs> I, I, well, that, yeah, that is true. Time does go by faster the older you. I wish someone would have told me that when I was like, you know, a teenager. Like, yeah, time does t- tend to flow faster the older you get. Uh, all right. Well, but that's, that's a pretty that. short chapter, but it, it, gets, it gives you a hype. It's like, where is it going to go? All yeah. right. It's a short chapter, and also I feel as though, like, because this unlocks a lot of memories of how stupid the entire elf invasion arc was, because, like, (laughs) all right, all these guys are back, and there was all that bullshit about why they get to stick around, even though they were going to not, and then they just did. Um, And if it was just for the purpose of... We'll teach you an art in order to get stronger. That's that's really lame in my book. I hope I hope they do something else beyond that, you know? Uh, and also, yeah, like I said earlier, it's really weird that we have this whole big grand revelation of like, yeah, the elves still exist. The, their people are here. And Sekre is like, oh, thank goodness. And they're just like, anyway, enough of that shit. Uh, training arc, let's go. <laughs> training and... arc again. All right, Nick. So. Now, there's no One Piece. No, yeah. But I would like you and Tekking to come up with a One Piece chapter to sate me this week. Uh, okay, so as we all know, uh, the mm-hmm. chapter starts off with uh, Kaido turning into a giant duck. He reveals his true Ooh. form. His, his true form this entire time was not actually a dragon, it was a duck. Okay, uh, okay. Nick, Nick, what happens after that? I kind of am forgetting what happens after that. Well, <laughs> then, in order to counter the duck, uh, Carrot uh, yes. goes outside and she takes the form of a giant rabbit and then they argue over whether it's duck season or rabbit season and so the giant elmer fudd that comes by gets very confused and just eventually just decides to shoot the giant duck because it's not as good then uh and then kobe bryant shows up not kobe (gasps) bryant um he's back (laughs) no no not kobe bryant sorry um Who's the? They're making a Space Jam too. I'm LeBron so sorry. James. LeBron James. LeBron James. There we go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh my God. Because I was just I was just reading a thing about Kobe Bryant earlier today, and I was gonna say this, and I'm like, okay, please for the love of God, Matt, do not mix up Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, and I did it anyway. <laughs> don't say the dead one. Don't say the dead one. Don't say the dead one. <laughs> God damn it. All right, but then, yeah, LeBron James shows up. It's Space Jam 2. Oh, they got to fight the Monstars? Yeah, the Monstars. I don't, this, I, I thought Space Jam 2, I thought it was a joke when I saw it. And I'm like, this, oh, no, they're actually making For this. For the longest time it was, there were me- multiple fake announcements over the years. So, but yes, they're actually doing it. <laughs> so. Now, on the topic of One Piece, because it came up, I need to ask this, because yeah. Tekken is uh, El Numero Uno, One Piece source of knowledge. Do you think there is a snowball's chance in hell Carrot joins the Straw Hats? I want her to join, alright? Because 
I have like a, a joke on this on the channel because it's like I always like want Carrot to join. And it's hashtag not a furry, and everyone's like, we think he's probably a furry. I'm like, I'm not a furry. <laughs> I'm not. But it's hashtag not a furry to make you question whether it is or not. I I like Carrot. I think I think she could join. I'm kind of I'm I'm I still want her to, but throughout this arc of Wano, we really haven't focused on her that much because we focused on her a lot during Totland, of course, because, you know, she was like the part of the crew there at that point because the crew was separated. But ever since Wano happened and ever since the crew got back together, uh, Carrot really hasn't had as much screen time. And, um, you know, she could still have a really badass scene here. It's, it's kind of weird because I'm like, is Carrot, when they were fighting, when all the minks went so long, I'm like, okay, is Carrot going to go up there on the roof and fight along with the other minks? to defeat Jack, or is she going to stay with the Straw Hats? And she stayed with the Straw Hats. She stayed in the Dome. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I will always advocate for her becoming a crew member, but I don't know. And there's a lot of people even saying that Yamato should join as well. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's kind of against his whole thing, though, which is that he's got to lead Odin into the future. Yeah, you know, he's got yeah. to be the Odin of the future. Rather. He's got to be the Odin for a new generation. Yeah. Yeah. But but Odin um, did travel with the King of the Pirates. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's another thing, too. So you don't know. I've even seen a lot of theories that, like, at the end of this arc, it's going to be Tama or Momonosuke that are going to be, like, the apprentice pirates, much like Shanks was on mm. Roger's crew. Like, are they going to... Like, I have no idea. I have no idea. But I'll always advocate for Carrot becoming a Straw Hat till the end of time. Even after, like... Even if, like, it's literally the end of Wano and the minks are all bandaged up and they're going back to Zoe and Carrot's like, okay, I guess I'll go back with my brothers and sisters to Zoe. Bye, everybody! I'd be like, okay, Carrot's gone and we don't see her for the rest of the series. I'm like, I think... I still think she might join. I still she could. I'm, point, I'm yeah. still holding out hope for Polly. You know, yeah. they have a ship, right? But they could have a second one. And I mean, I guess also there is that kind of uh, potential for a bit of a compromise, I guess, because, you know, Luffy's got the fleet that he doesn't want because, uh, you know, it was a big thing on this show to say, like, come on, Bartolomeo. Bartomeo, come on, let him let him join. Let him let him just be a fanboy for them. And then it's like, no, he's not joined the Straw Hats, but he gets to lead one of the ships in the fleet. Isn't that cool? And it's like, all right. That all doesn't right, matter. Fine. If if yeah. Carrot fucking becomes the captain of some lame mink fucking straw hat alliance crew, it doesn't count. She's not a straw hat. That is I mean, yeah. I not mean, willing to not willing to uh to Would you consider would you no. consider Vivi a straw Yes. Uh, and the going okay, and because and in the, the in the Vibra card in the Vibra, in the card data book it was pretty much like she is yeah so. she has she has her own Jolly Roger then she's a straw hat yeah that's very that's very sweet in a way isn't it yeah yeah I like I like Vivi yeah I mean she did have that incredibly huge send off oh uh, yeah it was massive so. so I don't think yeah I don't think you're gonna get anything like that from Carrot or anything but you know one can hope. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the that's, problem uh, when this is the problem when you have so many characters is that you come up with so many awesome ones, and so people are like, "I want more good things for them." Yeah. So anyway, so Jiro is the best character. So uh, Jiro <laughs> to join the Straw Hats. Then she needs Jiro to join is, of course, the, the I don't know the main yeah. cast, whatever the equivalent. She didn't even of the appear hat. this week, but you know she she could have helped out Deku with training because she's got her ear things. They work like whips, kind of. She and, would be good for anything. Okay, just yeah. She's she makes every room she's in cooler. So mm. yeah. anyway, we should go through favorite series and MVP of the week as we wrap up the episode here. Uh, who wants to go first? I don't know. Uh, 
I, I'll go first. So go I, I'm, I'm going to go with, um, y- y- you know what? I, I, I feel compelled to mention Chainsaw Man, even though I'm not a fan. I don't. I'm, I'm a fan. I just haven't read it in so long. But that chapter was insanities. So I gotta put that. Like right. And and favorite character is gonna be is the Sukasa moment at the end of Doctor Stone. Definitely okay. gonna be that. But yeah, I'm going Chainsaw Man and then Sukasa for MVP. Understandable, Chris. <sighs> I. Chainsaw Man was really, really funny when we recapped it. But I think I'm still... I think I'm going to give it to Dr. Stone just because of how cool that final moment was. That like that single final page, as you said, it's such a Haruma moment, but it just hit me in the right way where I'm like, ah, it's pretty badass. Uh, do you have an MVP? Uh, yeah, my MVP is going to be MASH. He made me laugh a lot this week. I thought it was, was a, a really, really, yeah. really, really yeah, funny Mash character. That's great. With the door, the door scene alone was great. Yeah. I'm looking between the chapters and I'm realizing that we actually had a fair, we had a, quite a few weak entries this week, uh, partially because, you know, of our blood oath. Well, no, at least 50% because of our blood oath. Let's just be <laughs> real. This is very good. Um, but I feel as though, I mean, it's, it's got to be Chainsaw Man for me. Um, I don't even know if it was actually the best chapter this week, but hell, if it was not the most memorable, uh, it was the most shocking and it was the most bizarre. Uh, so I am going with that MVP. Uh, I almost just want to double dip and go with Kobeni because that poor girl, but um, uh, I am going to go with Stanley uh, because he was just, so he, outrageously cool in this. He was chapter. pretty badass. He launches like a missile out of the submarine and lands on his feet and doesn't shatter his right. legs into a million pieces. <laughs> and then he fights two trained warriors and immediately gun cottes them to death. Science so. because of science. There yeah. you go. The science of being badass. <laughs> that's a that's an entire uh, separate field. It's uh, yep. uh the audience. Oops, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, the audience, by the way, picked Chainsaw Man as their chapter of the week, and it looks like Bakugo won character of the week as well. Did I mean, Bakugo some... had some pretty good character development, too. Yes. So that was, that was a good one, yeah. But Back... Sakasa had a giant sword, so I had to... <laughs> uh, the, the quandaries of being, a, of, of being a shonen manga fan. This guy had great character development. This guy had a really cool sword. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> That is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap. We want to, of course, thank Teching101 for his appearance on this show. You will have for to join us again. A- a- anytime, yes. You can, of course, check out his stuff. I want to clap like Link channel. from Super Super Smash Brothers. Did anyone okay, else uh, learn how to clap better because of Super Smash Brothers? Because uh, I, I, I sure as fucked in. I've only played a no, little I, bit. I, of learned, I, learned how to, I learned how to clap from Kirby. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. My favorite is I was rewatching uh, Harry Potter a couple weeks ago, and in the first movie, there's a scene where Snape is clapping at the table, and his claps are just like he just takes his hands and does this, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty is, good. Is, yeah, it's good. That's a good way to clap. Very enthusiastic <laughs> about this. Yes, it's like ah, uh, yes. Okay. You can check out Teching on his YouTube channel. Teching 101. He's also on Twitter, Teching 101. Teching I do, 101. One, piece, I do one Piece related stuff. Pretty much just Teching 101. Yeah. 
Be sure to join us each week here on Weekly Manga Recap. We record the show live on Wednesdays around 7, 7.30-ish Eastern p- p.m. Uh, smashcast.tv slash Rolotee, twitch.tv slash Rolotee. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Podcast at Rolotee, at Nick F. Time. You can also check out our past episodes on weeklymagarecap.bobbyin.com. You can also check out our Discord server. Lots of different chats go on there, uh, including just discussing the stuff that we're recapping and, of course, discussing the recommendation that we're working on. Be sure to join us next week for our Sadistic September special when we talk about Codebreaker. Spoiler, it's shit! Uh... Okay. I know. No, we're gonna. No, we're getting into this a little bit early. So we, it's a theme month for us. In September, we do sadistic September, and it started with us reading Air Gear, which was a really bad series, and then we read other with Obama and yes, okay, yes, all right. So we read really bad series, and we picked like a couple from our past and read them. Then last year, they made us read child pornography as the bad manga, so we took it back, and people were Jesus. People were bitching because they're like, it's that bad enough. It's that, that bad. It's just bo-. fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'm like 13 okay. volumes into this stupid fucking manga and it's garbage. By the way, Nick, uh, while we're on a topic of manga from past, I wanted to bring something up. Uh, I finally started reading Vinland Saga this year. And since oh. I have you here, I, I think the first time I ever heard someone recommend Vinland Saga was a video you made like a decade ago about like the manliest men in like manga. And Top you mentioned Thorkill the Tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that Thorkill guy sounds awesome. And I just never read Vinland Saga for 10 years. And I got caught up. I read the whole thing in like two days. God, um, so good. But God damn, is that a good series? <laughs> You can also watch it on Amazon. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to thank anyone who supports us on Patreon. Your support allows us to create all sorts of bonus content for you guys to enjoy. We recently uploaded uh, Animorphs, as explained by Manga, as explained by me, me to Chris. We also want to thank Steve Matter, Tyler Karras. You can check out his work wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn. <laughs> we want to thank NinjaX3i for maintaining the Google Doc that uh, keeps track of the recommendations that we take the uh, MVPs and favorite chapters of each week and the annual uh, polls and stuff like that. Anything you want to know, if you want to have a summary of all the stuff we've been up to on weekly manga recap, uh, it's a whole history document basically. And special thanks to infamous planet for the uh, framework for the visual edition of the show and uh, the opening sequence by Milo Jack Stillitz and Winsdale Cheddar. Thank you guys for watching. We will catch you next time. See you, everyone. I'm T-Bar. I'm Slappy. I'm T-Bar. Yeah, or, Nick. Yeah, I was I'm thinking Mace. you stole my epithet. This yeah. is what... You're fuel gauge, loser. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I How could I forget the awesome names that we have? <laughs> I got I got the T-Bar. I have a baseball bat and a conobo. See, he's go. actually ready to be T-Bar, Nick. You're a fucking poser. You're Ninny. You know what? You shit all over Ninny, but you're the poser. A fan, a fan actually sent me a Japanese war club in the mail. I love it. feels as if a wrestler actually showed up with a war club. Then they would actually... Yeah. Okay.